So just this has got me wondering, is is that probably like one of the scariest things that you could possibly like encounter, like a, like a real life occurrence, like being super far from anywhere that, you know, and then like breaking so, or whatever. That would freak me out for me. All right. So my dad was cool. Um, he instilled a lot of like survival stuff in me as a kid. Like I was a mountaineering kid as well. But one day he took me into the middle of the woods. I thought we were hiking and he was like, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. And I was like, hmm. He was like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be back tomorrow. And this was, you know, early morning. I was like, no, no, I'll, co- I'll go with you. <laughs> and he was like, nope, you survive out here for the night by yourself. I'll be back tomorrow. And I was like, Mm-mm. what the fuck? Yep. So your dad just dropped you off in the middle yep. of the woods and yep. let you fend for yourself for a full yep. 24 hours. Yep. How old were you? Mm, 13, 15, something like that. Okay. Did you have like That's... a tent and stuff? Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. That wasn't a thing. Jesus. So, like, did you, like, what did you have? On, like, what did he leave you with? What you have on you? Um, I had a knife. I had my Okay, knife. well, at least you had that. Yep. That was awesome. Uh, that was it. You didn't have a cell phone with you or anything? Nope. And where yeah. I was, it wouldn't Christ. have worked. Um, Holy shit. So, essentially, when my car decides to do whatever the fuck it wants to do in the middle of the mountains, I don't necessarily panic anymore because that's just like my car telling me, hey, this is your dad speaking. You have to survive God. now. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That's oh crazy. He just God. drops you off in the middle of the woods. He's like, well, hope nothing fucking eats you in the middle of the night. Yeah, essentially, because it was like deadpan summer. So, wolves, coyotes, mountain lions, bobcats, God, foxes. Yeah owls i think we just found out that dylan is actually bear grills i prefer less stroud because that's actually real but yeah <laughs> i i mean you're that's cool i guess good good on you yeah you're i, I, I would eating, trust my uh, life with you in a dangerous situation don't <laughs> uh Jeez. no i we I, there were some little crayfish type things in the river so guess what i ate that night <laughs> oh god well yeah at least you ate yeah the cool thing about my knife though and i will say this i should elaborate my knife wasn't just a knife it on the on the like the pommel not the pommel the the butt end of it it unscrewed and inside was like this little survival kit so luckily i had a couple of matches in there and stuff like that so that was cool okay oh that's cool. yeah yeah i didn't like kindle some sticks together and make a fire that wasn't my night thank god so like did you just sleep in the dirt oh yeah totally up against the tree See, I would be too scared to sleep, bro. Same. I would be too scared something comes out while I'm sleeping and just yanks my throat out. Yeah, and I'm not talking like I got a restful eight hours of sleep. I mean, it was like every hour you're waking up to make sure your fire is still going type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure you don't hear anything off in the distance. Yeah, and that's the shitty thing about the summertime and the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. You can hear everything uh, and yeah. nothing. You're probably just yeah. stay freaked out. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, he found, I mean, I stayed there. I didn't leave. He found me there the next day. He was like, all right, cool. Good job. Thanks, man. (laughs) And then he left me stranded one more time when I was 17 when he died. And then I never saw him again. Oh my God. God. But same. I was also 17. (laughs) 
Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. Jesus Christ. You know what's crazy? I'm telling this story. I'm playing Stardew Valley, which is the happiest game in the world, and I just <gasps> I dropped that one off. See, at least your dad taught you like survivors survival skills. If my dad taught me anything, it would probably just be how to make meth. Yeah. I mean the irony of that being that he didn't survive. Yeah. All right, let's let's go. Yeah. Okay, let's get started. It's probably a good Jesus idea. Christ. Probably a good time to just roll into this. Oh God. Uh. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture. Bop. <laughs> Did that get you this time, Dylan? No, that one was pretty damn time. good. Was like good. The, 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 the extra pop, pop on yeah. the P was nice. Good. I'm, I'm trying to practice the ASMR so I can. Amaranth. Amaranth, yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, we have quite a show for you today. It is uh, celebration time for the Hunting Pixels crew today, but not today because this outline was written for a week ago. No, it's today. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, so last Wednesday, our normal recording days, was exactly one year since uh, our first recording of this very show. And we're going to celebrate the only way that we know how by self-fellatio. Okay, question. I can finally ask a question at the beginning of one of these. You guys always ask questions. If you guys could suck your own dicks, would you? Yes. Uh, Wholeheartedly. Probably. Okay. Why wouldn't you? But see, I'm with you. Why would you not? Yeah. So, okay. It's an opportunity. But do you necessarily, I mean, you don't see dogs sucking their dicks a lot. No, they don't suck them. They just lick the shit out of them. I mean, it's like a cleaning thing, but I never just see one like get bored and it's like, yeah, I'm going to suck my dick. I'm sure that they're, I'm sure dogs do that. I, like, I mean, I have maybe. To imagine they probably do. And let me ask you, I mean, at that point, are you like, are you even finding a girlfriend or anything like that? Like, do you, <laughs> you need them for anything? Well, Companionship. I mean, Oh, God. I couldn't even get through that when I was laughing because it's like, yeah, you know, the only reason I'm with my girlfriend's because to get my dick sucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Is she listening right now? No, I hope not because she's in an extra mover. That'd be really weird. I just see an eyeball picking, peeking out from around the corner. She swings uh, the door open and just storms in. It's like, okay, podcast is over. Uh, no, okay. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, I think I would too, but it's like, would I have the motivation? Because I barely have enough motivation to go about my day. I feel like you know what I mean. Just, I feel like that would just like if if human men were able to do that, I feel like it would just take the place of masturbation. Like we always find time. <sighs> You're probably right. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no more hand jobs. It's straight. Because I mean that, that that's now. all it would be at that point. It's just another yeah. form of masturbation, really. Right, and then you kind of get the best of both worlds. Like not really yeah, best of both sure. worlds. That's not what I should say. Like you kind of get perspective, right? Because yeah. there's going to come a time where like you kind you you 
your dick's hard, but it's like, I'm too tired right now. You know, <laughs> like you don't really want to, you don't want to do it. And then you listen to yourself and it's like, oh shit, am I the woman now? Like you kind of are in that moment or guy, <laughs> you know, whatever floats your boat. Please, yeah. you know, let's stop me from talking anymore. Really? Let's I, I was just gonna keep say, going. Good Lord. Honestly, Jesus yeah. Christ. Using his out of date gender stereotypes. The fuck out. Right. Yeah. If I was able to do that, I would definitely be clean shaven though. Like I'm not like my like face. on your balls I mean and your and your oh okay yeah my something about like my beard or mustache like tickling my own nuts is just like not it that's not <laughs> that is, that's oh man this motherfucker going like full deep throat if he's oh you know what it won't no take much. we're not we're not done <laughs> or we're done we're done <laughs> <laughs> no keep going dig your, keep digging the hole uh you know what could you imagine trying to clean cum out of my beard. <laughs> I have, I have some thoughts beard. on uh, on horror movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's great! Like like a lot. Okay, uh, cool. of horror movies. Yeah. Uh, me and Austin both watch an anime and want to talk about it. Uh, yep. And of course, we have games that we are going to talk about, including Persona Five Royale. Uh, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Celebrate Good Times Martin and Austin Come On Stevens. Like, you know, celebrate good uh, times, come on. Yeah. You know, you know that old gym? Nope. DMCA'd. Uh, well, I would ask how it's going, but we've already talked about fucking dead dads. Mm-hmm. Fucking sucking our own dicks, all kinds of yep. stuff. So I, mean, yeah, we I can, think we I think we can just skip the the how are we doing part. I think we don't know <laughs> where our headspace is at today. <laughs> Suicide and dick sucking. <laughs> I the, mean, the norm really. <laughs> two things I've always wanted to try. Oh, oh, oh. my. Oh <laughs> Jesus. That that was wow. Somehow unexpected, but exactly it expected. Uh, I love it. I don't know how it was unexpected. That was great. I, I don't fucking know either, man. I don't know either. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, guys, I have been back to the theater. Uh. I. I think I talked about it last episode. I watched F nine in theaters. Uh. But I have gone back to the theaters again. I am so happy that they are back open. Uh, and I saw The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So this one was available on HBO um, up until July 4th, I think. Uh, but I just missed it, um, and so we went and saw it in theaters. Uh, are you guys familiar with The Conjuring franchise? Yeah. I've seen the first one. Okay. Okay. So... In my head, I think that the Conjuring one is still the best of the bunch. It has the most well-written script and the probably the best overall filmmaking behind it. I think 2 has some really cool stuff in it, but kind of falls apart with the writing. I don't think that the writing is nearly as strong in The Conjuring 2. Uh, but this is the third one, right? And this one is based on, let me pull up the actual name of the, uh, 
uh, case uh, because I found this out actually through um, through the movie. Devil made me do it. I'm trying to remember case. what the first movie's even because <clears throat> I, I know I've seen it, but I I can't remember anything about it. Uh, it's about the family who moves into the that house, and they've got the two daughters. Is that the one where with like the the fucking demon with a, like a bright red face? Uh, no, that's Insidious. You're right. Fuck that movie. First of all, yes, that movie is great. You're correct. Um, no, so the the devil made me do it is based on the trial of Arnie Johnson, and basically, it was this guy who murdered one of his best friends or 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 something like that. In Connecticut, and his defense was that he was, uh, what, what's the not guilty under de, under demonic possession or something like that. I don't know how you would phrase it legally. Yeah. Anyway, and this was one of the uh, first bullshits. What it sounds like. The. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you might you you could be right. I don't know. Um. But anyway, so this one kind of takes... This is the first Conjuring movie not done by James Wan. He stayed on as producer, but it was not directed by him. It was directed by Michael Chavez, which I believe is the guy who did um, The Curse of La Llorona. Mm. Uh, Hang on. I gotta gotta look this up. I could be wrong. I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, yeah, he did the Curse of Light, Your Honor. Okay, so that movie is bad. Don't don't go watch that one. I actively dislike that movie. Is it this actually? One, I think it is. Uh, I wanted to watch it, believe it or not. I guess I will not. Uh, I mean, uh, well, I this review will probably inform you of how I feel about the Curse of Light, Your Honor, if that makes sense. So the execution on this one is really cool because it's a nice change of pace from what the series had been before. So the first two movies are very much in your face, sort of haunted house movies. And this one sort of plays out like a police procedural with like a lot more detective work and like a lot more like plot and plot development than any sort of like scares and character moments, which is kind of cool for this series because most of the time, especially in the first two movies, they they spend a lot of time with the characters and getting to know them, and it's a lot more focused in that sense. And because we get to know about them, the scares are impactful. This one kind of just says, nah, we're going to do Law and Order, but with ghosts, which I think is kind of a neat thing to do when everybody's trying to copy The Conjuring. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also really think that the actors are still, or at least the ones who are carrying over from film to film, are still giving it their all. Like, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are still really, really great. And John Noble, who has a very small role in this, uh, he's the dad from, uh, what's the the sci-fi show that was on Fox? Uh, oh, God, J.J. Abrams... It doesn't matter. Not not Star Trek. Uh, But from 
those same guys who did Star Trek. Anyway, he's in this uh, Fringe. There we go. Fringe. Uh, he's fantastic in it. Everyone else is kind of fine. Uh, there's nothing overly bad, and there's nothing really exceptional either. And I kind of think that there are some really cool bits uh, in the set pieces and bits of cinematography. Like, for instance, when the, the quote-unquote murder happens, there's this really, really awesome shot where the Arnie kid is running and then he falls backwards and the the world just kind of drops out around him and it's just complete blackness except for this really hot neon pink window that is just dripping through and then you see these little like eyes like glowing eyes pop up out of nowhere and it's this really effective shot that just looks really gorgeous and there are other bits throughout the movie that have this same sort of thing. Like there's a sequence when, uh, Vera Farmiga or Lorraine is walking through, a, through a forest and she's trying to figure out what had happened to this other girl in a case that was not related, but is actually related somehow sort of thing. And that sequence has some really cool stuff going on with it as well. And, all of that stuff is good, but the movie is really just not very engaging at all. I was really invested in Ed and Lorraine, but not with any of the characters that were directly affected. And I think that mostly that is because the script is kind of not very good. Mm. The writing just assumes that we care about the characters that, that all this stuff is happening to because it's happening to them. But I didn't really care because there's nothing in those characters to really latch onto. And that kind of pales in comparison to the other conjuring movies in the series, because those movies spend their time building up their characters before any of the quote unquote scary stuff starts happening. And then all throughout the whole, like, uh, I don't know, like I hate to say this, but the scary stuff all, even while that stuff is happening, building all the way up to this climax, you're still learning about these characters and you're becoming invested in them. It feels like those movies really feel a lot like poltergeist to me in how they take time to make sure that you have at least a nugget to, to wrap your, your head around with the characters themselves before crazy shit starts happening. This movie doesn't do any of that. And really the only characters that I did care about at all were Ed and Lorraine and I almost feel like that's because I've had two mu movies with them previously right so like <clears throat> if they were just introduced in this movie as well I probably wouldn't care and that to me kind of makes the movie feel overall just very blah like it's it's completely unremarkable to circle back real quick that's exactly how I feel about The Curse of La Llorona, except 
there are no pre-established characters for me to latch onto. So there is nothing in that movie that I care about, even remotely. It's got some cool things, sort of, kind of. But overall, I don't give a fuck. And if I don't give a fuck, like, the movie is bad to me. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was fine. Uh, if oh. you're really invested in the series, <coughs> if you're really invested in the series, go see it. But otherwise, it I think it's completely bleh. Should they go see it? Because it sounds like a waste of time. I mean, I, if, you're, if you're invested, then yes. I just watched the trailer for it, and it looks interesting. I mean, it it looks different. I'll, All right. I don't know. You, you won't like it. Don't, don't worry about it. No, probably <laughs> not. I didn't, I'm too scared of the first two, so probably not. First one did genuinely scare me. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's the one where they go in the basement at the end, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they had the the clapping throughout. Yeah, that's with yeah. the tree outside the house, right? Yep. Yeah, nah, that fuck one's that movie. really fucking good. I think that movie's really good. Yeah, that movie got to me on another level. Uh, I don't like creepy shit. I love creepy shit, but I'm not about it. But I absolutely love it, and I, I want to engage with it. But I'm not about it. Sometimes I like I I like horror stuff, but sometimes horror movies can be a little too much for me. And the Is that generally when you smoke from six to one a.m. was a little too no, no. I have never. I have genuinely never watched a horror movie high, and I don't think I ever fucking will because that sounds awful. It that sounds sound bad. absolutely <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, no, I do. I do remember seeing The Conjuring two in theaters, and it really fucking freaking the shit out of me. <sighs> I don't think I saw the second one, but it's fun to watch movies when you're stoned that are horror related. Um, I don't know, man. That just does not sound like a good fucking time. Maybe. I'm trying to think of an example, and I kind of feel like The Conjuring was one of those that I watched in that regard. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, no. Oh, oh, maybe I'm I don't fine. remember, then probably yes. <laughs> uh, I actually, I think I watched Unfriended Stone when I saw that in theaters when it came out. Is that a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be. Wait, did you say Unfriended? Yeah. yeah. And it's a horror movie. Yes. Yep. About the teenage peril of being unfriended on Facebook? Um, kind of. <laughs> oh, wow. Absolutely I, not for me. I mean, I mean, it's not actually like that's not the plot, but like that's kind of the, the themes around it. Yeah. Like it's about this girl who uh, she kills herself after these people post some stuff about her on social media, how she got super drunk at a party and shit her pants. And so she kills herself. <laughs> and then her ghost comes back and haunts the people who like put who, that like, shit on social media. Her. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember being high and still not thinking that movie was very good. That seems like a modern date. No, I can't even say it's that. I was going to say it kind of gives me fear.com vibes, but I sincerely doubt that's even remotely in the ballpark. Yeah, no, uh, uh, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Fear.com is, uh, I'm, that's a, that's a movie that not a lot of people have seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Uh, 
It's a, I don't like the cover art. I remember seeing it as a kid. Yeah, they, yeah. that's the exact reason that I rented it because I was like, this cover art's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. And every time I walked past it in Blockbuster, I'd close my eyes or turn the other way. Yeah. Oh, shit. I um, and I don't know about that. <laughs> so real quick, uh, before we get to you guys, uh, I'm going to do two things. Um, so first... I'm going to mention something that I'm actually going to talk about on next week's podcast, but I watched a little documentary today called The Last Blockbuster, and it's funny that you mentioned Blockbuster because of that. Uh, but the second thing, I'm going to touch on the house, is in, the house on Sorority Row real quick. Uh, so this is a slasher movie from 1983, 82, 83, and... Uh, it is kind of lesser known for, for like casual fans, but like kind of like hardcore 80s horror fans like really love this movie. So it's really kind of a typical slasher in a lot of ways. Uh, this one is a little bit different from, say, like the later Nightmare entries or like the later Friday the 13th entries where like you actually spend a lot of time with the characters and building suspense before anything actually happens. Like it, even, even nightmare one is kind of guilty of this <clears throat> where there's a kill within like the first 15 to 20 minutes. And with Friday, it's the same exact thing, right? Uh, you know, there's the, in Friday one, there's the, the kids in the, in the camp, and you just see you see them making out or whatever. And in Night, uh, Nightmare One, it's it's Tina, right? But <clears throat> nothing really happens in this one until almost the third act. There are some little things here and there, but almost all of the the quote unquote horror and slasher stuff doesn't happen until the third act, which is really kind of cool and something that's not really expected from. M- these sort of horror movies from the eighties. And so you got that aside. There's also some really great music. Uh, like they had, uh, the, so it's about, sorry, I am all over the place. So this is about a group of sorority sisters who play a prank on their house mother because her, their house mother is kind of a mean old bitch and won't let them throw a graduation (laughs) party. And they play a prank on her and the prank goes horribly wrong and she accidentally dies setting everything up. So, okay, just real quick. You said, and you know the whole thing, and then she dies, and then you paused. Were you giving me time to laugh? I I wasn't, but I heard you laughing. <laughs> uh, oh god! <laughs> no, I was I was taking a sip of my drink. Got you. Uh, yeah. So so that all happens, and then they have to go do the party because the the party has already started, sort of thing. Or, or is about to start. So <clears throat> there is a house band in this in this movie that is played by an actual band called Four Out of Five Doctors, and they kind of sound like the cars, and it's awesome. And the rest of the movie, including like the score, is really surprisingly good. And 
the whole movie <clears throat> is kind of shot with this almost dreamlike haziness. Like, I, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago with another horror film, but it almost makes everything feel really surreal. And then there is this sequence in the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie that is just so weird and unsettling, and I fucking love it. It's got like these neon pops that are coming from the party atmosphere. But then like you see like this, I, I, I don't really want to give anything away, but there there's a really awesome sequence near the end that brings all of these things together and is kind of punctuated by these pops of color. And I just love it. I think, the final act of this movie is really fucking something else that I, I really kind of love. Um, the problem though is that the script is a little undercooked and could have used at least one more pass to fix some things, but probably could have taken a couple more to really fix everything in totality. Like there are some real big plot holes and there's a twist at the end of this movie that doesn't make any fucking sense like it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever and there's some other stuff that so this movie got remade in I think 2008 it might have been 2009 but there the way that it is handled with the the prank gone wrong and the girls having to deal with the consequences I think is done a little bit better in that movie because it's not something that is done immediate. So you, these characters don't have like the characters in this one don't have time to like kind of process what's happening or you don't get to see like how this stuff affects their characters because they immediately go into party mode immediately after this. Right. Whereas like the 2008 or nine, when you actually get some time to see what happens and like, it actually gives time for, the killer to like be properly introduced. If that makes sense. Like I really think that this movie kind of fall fails and falters because the script just wasn't quite there. It was almost like, like I said, one or two more passes, you probably could have fixed everything in totality and made it a solid slasher flick that like, everyone kind of knows about but as it went uh it's it's fine it's it's a solid you know like six or seven out of ten that sort of deal uh i liked it but you know whatever what um, was it called uh the house on sorority row and when was it first released uh 1982 or 83 so what do you think stopped it from becoming bigger than it did? I mean, probably I would say at that same time you had 82 or let's see, 82, there wasn't a Friday the 13th, but 83, there definitely was Friday the 13th part three. Uh, 
You know, I I kind of don't know. Uh, like, I'd have to take a look at all the other movies, but it yeah. it seems to me like it was just like an ultra low budget one that, like I said, had script problems. So people were probably just like, eh, yeah, whatever, sort of thing. Right. But uh, fun little fact: this movie was actually helped financed by a company out of uh, Georgia. Uh, I don't oh. remember the. Uh, Film International Pictures, I think, was what it was called. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole that I went down uh, that was just apparently the guy who started the company <laughs> just left them bankrupt at some point during like the late 80s and like ran off to Mexico. And no <laughs> one knows whether or not he's actually like alive anymore or anything. Damn. Oh shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, mission uh, successful, I would say. Right? Fuck it. Yeah, um, I'm about it. Well, uh, yeah. with that said, Austin, tell us about Black Widow. Well, uh, but in very little detail. <sighs> but in very little detail. I'll do my best, Dylan. I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. Thank you. Um, so unlike Josh, I did not go to a theater to see this. I watched this from the comfort of my own home. And it was okay. It was all right. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a great movie. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it should have came out like five years ago. Honestly, I wholeheartedly think this movie should have came out around uh, around the time of Civil War. Or like, you know, immediately after. Um I don't really like there was nothing aside from the post credit scene that I'm not going to fucking spoil or anything. But aside from that, there was nothing that really was in this movie that felt like it should have come out now, if that makes sense. Like there was nothing holding the script back from being a movie that should have came out in 2016, along with the rest of phase three. Um, I think the action scenes were really fucking cool. Uh, I think the action scenes were really well shot. There was a little, um, there's a little too much use of slow motion for me. Uh, I don't really like when action movies rely on that, and this one does it pretty heavy. Uh, like every major fight sequence has at least two slow motion scenes, and I just kind of think that's too much. But uh, I think Taskmaster was uh, treated pretty bad. Oh, don't tell me that. Taskmaster was absolutely wasted in this scenario. Absolutely. Is he? He's the main villain too, right? No. No, he is not. Mm. But he—he he, Taskmaster was definitely done dirty in this movie. Like that's fucked up. There's a lot of villains that I think the MCU handled really fucking poorly, like fucking Whiplash, Killmonger. Uh, Fuck, there's another one that was like on the a fucking Crossbones. Crossbones was handled fucking poorly. It wasn't even a one-shot villain. He was a five-minute villain. I thought that was fucking dumb. Um, but Taskmaster kind of goes into that. Taskmaster was another wasted villain. Um, but Fuck. Uh, aside from that, the post credit scene got me hyped for, for a, a future series. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was fine. I'm not, I'm not mad that I watched it. Like, I'm not mad that I spent $30 to watch it, but I I watched it twice in one weekend, and it's probably going to be a hot minute before I ever think, hey, 
Let me go back and rewatch Black Widow. I will say it is better than Captain Marvel. I will say I will I will give it that. It it it's probably like somewhere right in the middle for me, as far as uh, what what MCU movies it's better than or what movies it might be worse than. It's probably like right in the middle. I just need to go see it and get it over with so I can decide for myself I want to, but I'm torn because I don't want to spend $30 to watch it from home. So how does either one of you, how does the whole premiere access thing work? Like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, you spend, you spend the 30 to, so like it, so like when you, when you click on black widow on Disney plus, it'll tell you this is going to be available for free to everybody on October 6th. Well, if you spend the $30 for premiere access, you can watch it as whenever you want, as much as you want immediately. It's okay, pretty much just, but is it only movie early? Is it only for that movie? Or if I buy premiere access, can I, could I have watched like Raya? No, it is, it is movie specific movie by movie, but that's so fucking dumb. I do think it's dumb, but at the same time, I mean, I like, especially like, uh, like Raya, the last dragon, like if I were to take, if me and Madison were to take the kids to see that we would have spent well over 30 fucking dollars doing that. Yeah. I, I totally understand for that value. Um, what it means. I don't have kids, so I look yeah. at it way differently. But that is a good point. I wish there was something that you could do to pay an upcharge subscription price and just get everything when it comes out on Disney. Oh, for sure. Dude, I would, yeah. I would be more than willing to pay something like $60 a month just to watch all those movies early. I would be more, or not $60 a month, for like $60 Thank for you. like a full year. I would be more than willing to do that. Yeah, I, I could, I because no they release a lot of shit. Yeah, they do. And I, I'd have no issue doing that. But also, I I also made my money back because I invited people over to watch it. And I was like, yeah, everybody just pitch in five bucks. So I'm, I made my money back. So I'm not really. Oh, worried. I mean, that was cool. But then honestly, that's probably what I'll do with every fucking Marvel movie. Because like, like, I I don't know if this, uh, Josh, this might piss you off. I, I, I don't know. I know you really fucking love theaters, but I, I very much dislike going to a theater so if I can watch it at home, I nine times out of ten probably will. Dude, you're like seven out of ten people. I'm one of the few people that's like, I love the theater. Please don't kill them. Yeah, yeah. Like I love the theater so, experience. I love watching the previews before the movie. I don't oh, get like, sure. yeah, I don't get like snacks or anything. Um, but like, I enjoy the theater experience. I just usually try to go on a weekday where there's no one there, so yeah. I get both sides of it type of thing. Like, I don't want to hear the audience react to shit. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to watch a movie. <laughs> I think I, I love the theater experience, like the previews and, and all that shit. I fucking love that. I'm super down for that. It's the fact that I have to share that room with like 50 other people <laughs> that pisses me the fuck off. I don't yeah. want to go to a Marvel movie and hear your fucking eight year old snot nosed child cheer on the hero of the movie <laughs> every 10 fucking minutes. Tell him to shut the fuck up. I don't I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> the the. I'm trying to. Th- I I know. I know. Me. I went with Josh to see Akira in like October of last year. I think before that, the only other time I'd been to a theater that year. Well, obviously it was fucking COVID. But um, I, I mean, I took the kids to see Sonic, and then before that, the last time I'd been to a theater was uh, fucking Spider Man. I only go to theaters to watch Marvel movies. But if they're gonna start throwing that shit on Disney Plus, I'm just gonna stay at home. I wish I could remember what the last movie we went to see was. I cannot. I I feel. Oh, it might have been Endgame. Actually, 
Well, we like so I I saw Endgame in theaters three fucking times. I I don't know why, but I did. Um, and the third time I went with a group of friends, we went to see it, and stuff like this is what kills the theater for me. Um, theater was fucking packed. There was a row of kids directly behind us with like their dad and their mom on each side. And when I tell you, these kids were fucking talking as loud as they could the whole movie. They were crinkling bags. They were chewing with their fucking mouths open. And I, I, like, I was about to fucking snap. I was like, I can't take this. This, I, I want my money back. I can't fucking handle this. And my buddy finally snapped and turned around to the dad. He was like, hey, not trying to be an asshole, but like, can you tell your kids to kind of quiet and calm down? Like, we all paid for this movie. Like, I, I would like to enjoy it. You guys are right behind me. I can hear everything. Can you please tone it down a little bit? And like he was being very nice and respectful about it. And uh, the dad was like, the dad literally looked at all of us and was like, why don't y'all just shut the fuck up and watch the movie? <laughs> you know, I wish sat there for a second. someone would say that shit to me. Well, my buddy Sean stood up. He like he stood up in the theater and he was like, please make your kids shut the fuck up before I do. I'm tired of fucking hearing them. And after that, they didn't say a word the entire rest of the movie. It was great, even though they, I think my buddy confronted them right about like the last 30 minutes of the movie. So it really didn't fucking matter at that point. But that's part of the reason I hate going to theaters. I I don't want to listen to your fucking kids talk. I don't want to listen to your kids fucking chew with their mouths open. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want kids. Yeah, true. Yeah. Nobody really wants kids. Wow. My hey Austin. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. My world. Well, <laughs> August was on purpose. Josie was on accident. <sighs> All right, that's fun. <laughs> uh, no. So let's go ahead and talk about Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. You and I both watched this, Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the Gundam guy, so you go ahead and tell me about your thoughts on it. That means he hates it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I, I I don't think this movie is like exceptional. I, I think it's very like it, it like it's pretty good. It's not. It didn't blow me away. I I did think the animation for the fight sequences and the mobile suits was really fucking cool. Um, and I thought that whole opening sequence on the plane was really fucking really fucking well done. Um, but. Uh, aside from that, I, I found I found it kind of hard to stay interested in this movie, um, and, and it is it is the first part of a trilogy, so this movie was always from the get go going to be very uh, kind of uh, building the current world and laying the groundwork for the next two movies. Like I knew going into this, there wasn't going to be as much action as I, as what you typically see from a from a theater released Gundam movie. Um, there were a couple of moments that stuck out to me uh, towards kind of the end where, dude, I can't remember his name. I, I, he, I, he was like a lieutenant with the Earth Federation or something. I can't remember his fucking name for the life of me. Uh, but he was interrogating one of the terrorists, and he asks the uh, terrorist who Mafti is. And the terrorist says, uh, oh, well, there's a rumor that he's a ghost of Shar Osnable. And I thought that was really fucking cool because that's kind of like that's – that's all Hathaway is doing. He's following in the footsteps of of what Shar, uh, of what Shar tried to do uh, in the events of uh, uh, Shar's counterattack. Have, have you seen that movie, Josh? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
yeah, that's where you fucked up because that movie is absolutely fucking required to fully understand what's happening in this film. <laughs> like this is a direct sequel to Shark's Counterattack. Yeah, we'll get which is that. also on Netflix. <laughs> it is yeah, good. yeah, it is. It is. It's very hard to watch though. It came out in like eighty four, I think, or not eighty four, like eighty five, eighty six. It's very hard to watch. Animation is very dated, but it's still a good movie nonetheless. Um, the whole thing behind Char was he believed that humanity would never get along, never be able to coexist uh, until all of humanity began to migrate into space. And so his way to do that was he was going to pretty much nuke the Earth and cause a nuclear winter and force the people who survived to migrate into space colonies. Um, and that's kind of what Hathaway wants to do. Uh, he pretty much leads a group under the name of Mafti and uh, leads a group of eco-terrorists to force people to migrate into space and awaken as new types and all that good universal century shit. Um, but... I, I'm excited to see the second part. I'm honestly astounded we got the movie as early as we did. Uh, I thought it came out in theaters in Japan in May, but I looked it up yesterday, and the movie came out in theaters in Japan on June 11th. So we we got the movie less than a month after Japan did, and that's very fucking unheard of. Usually these movies take like six months to a year for them to be licensed and dubbed and localized and all that good shit. Um but I'm really – I think I said it a couple episodes ago when I was talking about the Demon Slayer movie. I am really fucking digging this trend of them putting these anime movies on corresponding streaming sites because that's fucking awesome. I'm so glad I'm not waiting six months to a year to watch a goddamn movie. Uh, but it was good. I, I need to give it a rewatch uh, because I did watch it at like four in the fucking morning. So I was kind of like bouncing in and out of unconsciousness. Um, but it, it – it was good. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're 100% right. My biggest complaint about this movie is that I am not really familiar. Like, I remember watching old Mobile Suit Gundam shows back in the day um, yeah. when they would be on, like, Toonami and shit like that. But uh, it's been quite a while since I have... Mm-hmm delved into any of that stuff and so a lot of the world and the lore around the plot and leading up to the movie i had no fucking idea what was going on so the (laughs) whole plot was very confusing to me and i kind of had no clue what the fuck was happening uh in terms of like bigger ramifications and stuff like that. Right. Like I could follow the, the actual plot itself because I was like, okay, this guy's doing this. He is uh, actually a terrorist, but he's pretending to not be a terrorist. And there's this woman and then he's being chased and blah, 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 blah. Like I got, I got the nuts and bolts, but Mm -hmm. everything that I wanted to like sink my teeth into, I had to have had prior knowledge and that is very off putting, uh, to, I think any sort of casual fan of Gundam. Oh, for sure. And especially newcomers. Like if you're wanting to, like if you've heard people talk about Gundam and you're like, yeah, I might give this a shot. Let me jump into this brand new movie. Don't fucking do that. Don't do it. No, that's like, That's always been Gundam's biggest problem as far as a Universal Century goes is they kind of 
they kind of always expect when they put out a Universal Century movie for people to be fully caught up on the 45 years of the franchise. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a little fucking... I mean, because they did the same thing with Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Unicorn was a was a seven... Unicorn was a limited series that comprised of six hour-and-a-half movies and a seventh two-hour movie. To watch any of that and understand even the tiniest bit of what's fucking going on, you have had to see pretty much every Universal Century show up until that point. And that that's a fucking lot. That's a lot to ask somebody to, to have seen. I mean, of course, you know, the hardcore Gundam fans have done it, but, like, casual newcomers, they, they don't know that shit, and you, they, they don't do a very good job of explaining the lore going into it, and that's that's just kind of always been a problem, and unfortunately, it probably always will be. Yeah. I don't see them um, ever fixing that. Yeah. I, yeah uh, uh, the thing about it that I thought was really cool is, it, is the story is really kind of simple, but, like, it's told from uh, a really interesting angle. Like, obviously, all of Gundam deals with, like, war and the ramifications of war and stuff like that. Mm. Um, in, in that way, it's very much in like, like the older Gundam stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I felt like it doesn't like a lot of the movie doesn't take place with people in Gundams fighting each other. It's a yeah. lot of like political intrigue and a lot of like there, there are sequences in this movie where like you just see like how, the everyday person is living. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really fucking cool. Like you never see that in these types of shows like ever. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I just thought that that was really cool. Um, and, and you were right. The animation is very pretty. There are parts like, I think that there were <clears throat> in that, the, the sequence at the beginning that you talked about, there are parts that I feel like are, really like because like it's hello yeah I'm still here sorry I'm just trying to gather my thoughts oh. <laughs> I was like holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah no I I'm trying to think of the word to like say but like there are parts where like you see like faces on people and it looks like it's just like a line drawn on their face if that makes sense, like, the, like there's no like actual facial thing. And I, I get it. Like, it's kind of like further away and you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. And that's, that's less to do about with animation as opposed to like the overall, like visual mm-hmm. visuals of the thing. But like, there are some really fucking beautifully animated pieces in this movie, especially that fucking nighttime sequence where Mafty and, uh, I forget her fucking name, the blonde girl. GG. Yeah, where they're running as the Gundams are like yeah. fucking stomping around them. That shit was gorgeous. That was a really dude. cool fucking sequence. I fucking loved that. Like the, I straight the, up the sequence ugh. with with him like holding on to her while like the sparks are flying. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Gorgeous. I loved it. I thought that was excellent. The my only criticism with the animation, though, is the ending. I kind of lost track of who was who in the Gundams because everything's fucking dark and they both look the same. Yeah, that's that's my that's my biggest problem with those two models in specific is they look exactly the fucking same. Yeah. 
They there's nothing. They 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 have the same type of armaments. They have the same type of body style. The the only thing different is the Penelope has like this big. It has like this big metal piece that comes up from the back and goes like over its head. That's the only real difference between the two. Other than that, they're almost fucking identical. Yeah. And Bro. and so I I got yeah. lost d- trying to figure out who was who, uh, but. Other than that, I I kind of loved it. Like, I don't think that like I appreciate it as much as I would like to because I don't have that backstory going in. But like, I thought it was really good. I don't well, know if you ever feel like fucking catching up. In order to fully understand this movie, or I, in my opinion, to like really kind of dive into the overall lore surrounding the movie, you need to have at least seen. 1979 Gundam, Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta Gundam, and Char's Counterattack. Because all four of those stories are so closely interwoven and connected. And uh, like like I said, Hathaway is literally a direct sequel to Char's Counterattack. So that's what I would recommend to fully be able to appreciate the lore behind the movie. But... I don't know. Maybe they'll do a better job at that in the future. They did say that the second movie has already entered production and they promised. I don't know if this says more about Gundam fans than anything, but they did promise that there would be uh, new GG scenes in the second film. So, oh, uh, nude or new? Nude. So people are pretty fucking oh, stoked about that. Yeah. I guess. There um, was some fan service in there that I was kind of like, oh, come on. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, it's, it's a Gundam. There's always fan service. Yeah. Like the fucking pool scene with like her like rubbing her hand up her leg. And I was like, oh, come on, bro. I'm already horny. You don't have to do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. The fuck? Well, uh, yeah. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's good. Um, you guys both watched Loki, uh, except for Dylan didn't watch the finale. I haven't watched any of this, so... Try to remain spoiler free, but oh, I kind of oh, also don't give oh, a fuck if you guys okay. spoil it because uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. In the finale, all right. Well, wait, you watched the finale? I did watch the finale. Fuck, was it good? I everyone in the Discord is raving about it about how good it was. I personally think the finale was very underwhelming. It, it just felt very anticlimactic. That's that's just me. The last five, the last ten to five minutes were very fucking interesting, and uh, very clearly set up for everything the MCU plans on doing in the next like four fucking years. Yeah, and that's what I like that it's doing is that you can see already where the multiverse is coming from. Yes, um, and I like that. I don't. I haven't watched the finale. I know nothing about it, but you can tell this is the sh- this is the piece of the puzzle they were waiting yeah. to put in so you could see the full picture of where the MCU goes from here. And I think that's really cool. I think Loki of the three shows between WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, Loki is by far my favorite of the three. For sure. Yeah, it's I really love just getting to know more about Loki himself or themselves, I guess you could say because there's so many of them. Um mm-hmm throughout the show but that's something that i didn't really know that i wanted to see out of the mcu um spoiler alert for endgame but when he died i honestly 
I didn't think that was it, but I was okay with that being it, if that makes sense. And then seeing this side of everything, like getting, I'm not going to say brought back to life because, you know, in terms of timeline lineage, that Loki is still dead, I guess. Um, I guess. I don't know fucking timelines work in that show, but, um, and I've not seen the finale, so I don't know if it explains anything or not, but what they're doing is making me more interested in someone that I really didn't know I was interested in. Same. And they did a great job at it, man. Um, I'm curious to see how the finale goes. I wish it would. I This is the same thing for Falcon and Winter Soldier, though. I wish it would have gone more than six episodes mm-hmm. um, just because I'm selfish. And it's like, you know, that's technically three movies right there or two end games. <laughs> um, yeah. So I can't be too uh, greedy with my time, but it's good, dude. I love everything about it. I love the, the visual direction they took. I love seeing all the mysticism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets me really excited for what to see, uh, in Dr. Strange, which I guess comes out next year. Yeah. Or is it the end of this year? It'll be next year. I think it's so. Spider-Man's at the end of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, so super hyped for that. Uh, it, I, I was talking to a coworker about it today and, um, honestly, I would expect a trailer from Spider-Man any fucking day now because I, after watching that finale, it is very clear that if Spider-Man is going to be what all the leaks and rumors that are all saying the exact same thing say it's going to be, this finale was pivotal to lead up to that. So I think that they were holding out and waiting for Loki to wrap up before they release a trailer. So I'm, I'm sure that that shit's coming any fucking day now. Um, there was a scene in the finale that I don't know how I felt about. I, 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 I think it's fucking weird. I, I, I think it's an odd choice and you'll, you'll probably see what I'm talking about when you watch the finale. I guess they did kind of build up to it the whole series, but I, I still think it's fucking odd. Um, does it by chance have to do with two characters uh okay well yes that's i i saw it coming but that's fine i do Um, but i i don't know i still think josh do you think you can finish this in a week uh i mean i might be able to Uh, because i'm cool with like ceasing conversation until you watch it because i don't want to spoil anything because genuinely i think it's a fantastic show i think they're doing great work with it like I've seen some really cool shit that I didn't know I wanted to see like, and not necessarily from Tom Hiddleston's Loki either, just the different powers that Loki's can have. I think it's fucking awesome. And I'm excited to see the finale, but furthermore, see where his or their story goes from here and seeing where the multiverse goes, because that's the most interesting part for me, but I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but yeah, I haven't even seen the Discord either. So I'm I'm curious to see what you say, Josh. Have you seen Falcon and Winter Soldier? No, I still haven't seen it yet. <clears throat> but you saw Wanda all of WandaVision? Yeah. I loved WandaVision. I thought WandaVision was excellent. Yep. Anything holding you back from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Uh no, it's just you know, Kayla was talking to me t- earlier today about like um I forget what it was. Oh, hand, Handmaid's Tale, because she loves that shit. And I had started watching it like a while ago and then just stopped because it was like a, a show that was kind of 
I, I don't want to say annoying me, but like it was it was one of those shows that I was like, I get it. I understand why it's good. There are things about this that are that are awesome. But for the most part, I am just kind of not like whatever. So I, I stopped watching it. That and show she was, was like, too fucking much for me. bro. Yeah. that show made me violently uncomfortable. Yeah. So way too much. So she was asking me, you know, if I was ever going to watch it because she was she was wanting to talk to me about something that had just happened. And I was like, yeah, like I might go back to it or whatever. Um, But there's just so much that like I want to like watch. Like there's so much in my backlog right now of stuff that like I'm actively like this is something I want to watch. This is something that I've been wanting to watch and I'm going to do it now sort of thing. Uh and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is unfortunately just a casualty of that. Like I just haven't been able to watch it because of the. Other I feel stuff. that. I feel that. Austin, did you finish it? Uh, finish what? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because. Do you guys feel a burnout from Marvel, or do you guys yes. feel like they're still coming up with creative content? Oh, I mean, they they still have like both. Cool unique stuff going on but for the most part like i'm i've been over it for a while yeah i I don't go ahead i like i'm still here for it i i still enjoy it i still get really into it um it's not something that like i actively look forward to spider-man is an exception because i fucking love spider-man and i fucking love tom holland so that's an exception i actively am looking forward to that movie um and I guess probably Doctor Strange because of WandaVision. Uh, but everything else, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out. But, like, I'm not I'm not super hyped for it. Like, I'm not sitting here biting my fucking nails and scratching my neck and waiting for Marvel to give me more content, if that makes sense. I don't think I'm to that regard. But you guys know very well by now that I just can't get into anything cinema or just watching mm-hmm. something like that's just not for me, but for some reason, and it could just be because I grew up with it, not in the sense of I grew up with um, these Marvel movies that we're talking about or series, but I did grow up with Marvel in general, whether it be comics or like the Spider-Man animated TV show or the, the action figures and stuff like that. I don't know what it is, but this is the one thing that keeps me coming back and I get super excited to see everything from them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't have boredom or a burnout from it. I find it incredibly enjoyable. And I think it's just because I'm really basic when it comes to what I enjoy in terms of film. Like I can't sit down and analyze a movie like you can Josh. Um, and I can't invest myself into like an anime series like you can Austin. But what I can do is I can sit down and have a mindlessly good time watching something that the Marvel universe has created, because I feel like they do a really, really great job at creating what they do and like inner inner weaving all the worlds together and the storylines and stuff. I think it's a great time. Um, so I've not hit that burnout yet and I hope I don't cause it's like the one thing that I can actually enjoy in terms of film or s- television series and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I I'm glad that that is something that is happening for you. Um, yeah, yeah and, because and maybe, my life's going to shit. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll do something that'll that'll bring me back and make me love it again. Um, yeah. What do you think? Of, oh, never mind. I just I, 
we, we, we'll do a Marvel episode one day. I just want to keep asking you guys questions about it. It's fine. No, I am going to ask Josh this. Um, I, or actually, both of you, uh, I mean, as far as the leaks and rumors go and everything that's been borderline confirmed, uh, how do the three of, or three, how do the two of you feel about uh, the new Spider Man movie being more or less like a live action Spider Verse film? Uh, I'm okay with that. Like, I would actually probably love that. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I just hope people don't get their expectations set too high because I don't feel like it's going to be what we think it is. I could be wrong. I I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see, more than anything, I want to see Tobey Maguire. I don't really care about Andrew Garfield's take on Spider-Man. I didn't care for him. I I think Tom Holland's great. I think Tobey Maguire's great. I don't give a shit about uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, or the characters that were in his universe for that matter. I just don't give a shit. What I do hope this gives us the option for though, would be seeing miles Morales come to the MCU. I want that very badly. Yeah. Um, I, I I would expect it to almost be like a post credit scene. Honestly, that's what I need. I need something along those lines. Yeah. Um, ultimately I want to see the Spider-Man universe flesh out to have the full cast and array of villains that I come to know and love. Mm -hmm. But with Sony doing their thing with Venom and Carnage right now, I doubt I will ever get to see that. Uh, I hope I do. But Spider-Man has a lot of really great bosses. Um, The one thing that I hope that comes from this, and I will will die on this mountain or hill, however the expression goes, but I need to see Charlie Cox come back as Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that... They confirmed that, didn't they? I, I... Confirm is not within my realm of knowledge, but it just needs to fucking happen because he's the best thing to happen to the MCU to me. Like he is the best actor of all of them. Like that's how Robert Downey Jr. was meant for Tony Stark. I feel like Charlie Cox was meant for uh, Matthew Murdoch slash Daredevil. I agree with that wholeheartedly. According according to Murphy's Multiverse, which is a leaker who has 100% accurately leaked all leaked Marvel secrets in the past, Charlie Cox has been casted a role for Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil. Well, if that's the case, then that brings the best villain of that whole f- franchise, too, because there's no way Kingpin doesn't come with him. And see, I that, can't pronounce his last name, the actor. What's his, what's Deonfario? Uh, what's his last uh, name? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, he is such a fantastic actor, and out of all of the villains in the MCU, if we can consider that a part of it, he is the best one. Mm-hmm. And the, thi- the thing is, I can definitely see the way Spider-Man 2 left off with uh, um, you know everybody finding out Peter Parker is Spider-Man and thinking he killed uh, Mysterio or what, and you know did that attack on London. I can definitely see. Charlie Cox's character coming in as maybe like a lawyer that's representing Peter Parker. Don't give me hope. Out of legal trouble. Don't give me hope. It makes sense. It makes sense. But uh, according to the same leaker, the main villain of the film is going to be um, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. So that's. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. That would be something else. That would be something uh, because else. they pretty much casted everyone else from the Sinister Six. I mean the the dude who played uh, the dude who played the Lizard in fucking um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man One was rumored Reece to come Eifen, back. Or Reese Ifans. Yeah, he was rumored to come back. The guy who played that terrible fucking version of Rhino has confirmed that he's in the movie for whatever godforsaken fucking reason. 
Um, Doc Ock. Is You've in been the movie. teasing the Sinister Six for a long time. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it. That. Yeah. That's that. I feel like that's what this movie is going to be. It's going to be the three Spider Man against the Sinister Six, and I'm fucking I can't, here for that. I can't get my fucking dick any harder right now. So. <laughs> And Doctor Strange is going to be in the movie, and Tom Hiddleston is confirmed to also be in Multiverse of Madness. So, as of today, they announced that a couple hours ago. So that's oh. cool. But maybe this is all leading into one big thing. Maybe we get multiverse movies. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, I hope for your guys' sake that that is the case. Um, Jackman has also been posting some very cryptic shit on social media. He's been posting pictures on like his Instagram and Twitter stories of him suited back up in the Wolverine gear. Well, that's all fun. Uh, but I have my own uh, cinematic universe that I want to talk about. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish the first part of, uh, of the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. All right, so this one's labeled 1994, and this is where the uh, presumably overarching stories for 78 and 1666 uh, go. All right, so basically, long story short, the movie begins with these uh, uh, this lesbian couple breaking up. And the reason that they're breaking up is because one of them moved to the neighboring town because the town that the one girl lives in um, is said to be cursed. Uh, And nothing good ever happens there, that sort of thing. And then because they are at a kind of football game sort of thing and... Oh, well, they're actually not at a football game, but they're parts of the football team and the cheerleaders and and whatever. They're there to kind of pay respects for the thing that happens in the very first scene that I'll talk about in just a second. And uh, they're on the main girl, the main lesbian girl is on her way back in the bus and her now ex-girlfriend and the boy that she is hanging out with or presumably dating, but I don't think that's ever explicitly stated, uh, follow the bus back and are trying to like, not necessarily ram it off the road, but they're trying to like, you know, get, get people agitated and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So something happens that car wrecks into the woods and sets off the string of events that'll run through the plot. Basically, there is a witch from Shady Grove. I forget the name of the place, but basically she put a curse on the town saying nothing good is ever going to happen here. And that occasionally, uh, I, I don't think they ever put it into it like an actual, like this thing happens every 53 years or whatever sort of thing. But sh- people in that town will go crazy and and kill some people right so that gets set off in the whole thing the whole like set of events all right the script is pretty solid if kind of unremarkable it has a really cool premise like i i, I like the idea of like the the witch cursing a town sort of thing as opposed to like cursing a person and stuff like that. And not only like cursing a person, but like 
cursing the people within that town to do her bidding sort of thing. So like people get cursed and then commit crimes, what murders for her. I really feel like this screenplay feels like how I remember R.L. Stein books from the nineties reading. Like this movie feels like a goosebumps book to me, even though like goosebumps obviously was like the, the, the more kid friendly of, of the two series. Right. But the thing is, is that the characters don't really work here. I don't really kind of give a shit about any of them. Uh, like the, the main girl, I, I kind of care about her and I kind of care about her little brother a little bit, but like, that's because they got the most bare fucking bones of characterization in the beginning and nobody else even gets that. Like it just kind of thrusts you into the world and says, all right, go. Um, <clears throat> so I think that probably part of the reason for this is that I feel like this movie really could have used its budget differently. Every fucking five minutes, there is a licensed music needle drop. And I feel like you could have done without maybe come as you are and creep and whatever other popular 90 songs. Maybe you could have used like one or two instead of the like eight, nine, 10 that you did like licensing music is fucking expensive. And instead of maybe doing that, you could have spent money on maybe doing another pass of the script or maybe getting some better actors because the acting in this movie is all over the fucking place. It's all over the place. There's some really good shit from, from one actor in particular. And then the next scene she's in, it's like, Oh, what just happened to the good actress that I saw? Because you're doing shit now. I don't know, man. There's a lot of like, (sighs) there's a lot of really bad stuff, but, and and I think, I think part of it is because it lacks substance. Like it's very slickly produced, right? Like it looks pretty and, and there's some really, there's actually some really nice like filmmaking stuff in here. Like there's a lot of like really good, like lighting and camera work stuff that I really liked, but it doesn't say anything like at all. And it, I also kind of feel like the nineties setting doesn't feel like it has any sort of meaning whatsoever other than the fact that, Oh, this was this was goosebumps, so it was popular in the nineties. Let's set it in the nineties. Oh, you know what? We can also tack on this lesbian storyline because that was really taboo in the nineties. Like, but it's not anymore. And you're not saying anything in particular by setting it in the nineties. It would be way more like compelling if you had the whole like lesbian romance being kept a secret because, you know the parents weren't accepting in 2020 because that shit it's, it's accepted in main society now. So like having this mom disapprove of your lesbian relationship or your dad disapprove of this lesbian relationship would have a lot more impact than it does in the nineties where it was not widely accepted. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do here. 
that all said, the beginning of the movie opens with a, a scream sequence that while not as good as scream still kind of got me because I was expecting, Oh, it's fear street. It's made for teenagers It's probably going to be a PG 13, whatever. And the opening of this movie has Maya Hawk in it and she's wonderful and I love her and everything. And I want to see her in more movies. And she gets, uh, I've already let the cat out of the bag. Spoiler alert. She gets brutally fucking murdered. Like it is. I was not expecting the level of brutality that happened in the opening of this movie. And the final sort of like set piece sequence near the end has one of the most fucking unbelievable and out of nowhere kills I have ever ever seen i was not expecting it at all and i i was supremely caught off guard i was i literally had my jaw drop i was like what like what the fuck just happened holy shit sort of thing for for those things alone i think it is worth a watch that said if you're not really into horror like i am you're probably not going to get anything out of it but Boy, that that opening sequence I think is pretty fucking solid, and that final fifteen minutes is fucking just batshit insane, and I kind of love it. Um, but yeah, I know who Maya Hawk is. I know that she's the daughter of um, Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. That's what I knew. It was I knew her mother. I was making sure that her dad was actually Ethan Hawk. I didn't know that. I don't know why I did not just put two and two together until 28 seconds ago when you said her last name. <laughs> yeah. But no, she's great, though. That's what I was trying to echo in is I've... Okay, I say she's great. I've only seen her in one thing. You can take a guess what that is. You'd be right. She's <laughs> fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she's... I, I love her. I think that she is fantastic. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it for the media section. The podcast. Oh, we we went a whole hour and 20 minutes talking about all the stuff that we had done this past week. Jesus Christ. Uh, it was mostly you guys. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I've been pretty miserable. Well. But I'm so glad my friends have had a much better life than I have. Listen, you're about to not be <laughs> miserable because as of really? today, our recording date, not today, I wrote that a week ago. We hit our one-year anniversary of oh, recording the podcast. I thought you were serious. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to celebrate. And honestly, I'm not sure how to even do that. So I think we'll just kind of converse and, and we'll go from there. And we'll we'll definitely t- touch upon some things. Uh, and yeah. Anyway, so one-year anniversary, boys. Woo, we did Woo, it. We, we did made it a year. Um, definitely not hitting two. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, you just. <laughs> I hope I do. Uh, how do you? I mean, what? How do you guys feel about the experience? Because I have some. I have some thoughts. I. Uh, it's. I didn't. I didn't know starting out you know, a year ago that we would make it this far. I, I didn't think that the project was going to fail, but I didn't know that we would be so, um, 
productive with it. I guess, you know, when I say productive, I mean, we're doing an episode a week. If we, our schedules align and everything like that, and the world's not falling apart, and that's pretty great because we started off bi-weekly and then things got moving and we're doing it at an episode a week now if we can. And then you're working on other stuff on the side. Um, I don't know, man. It, it feels different than when we first started, but still kind of the same in a homey way. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with that. For sure. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, we did start when, when the world was more or less fucking falling apart. Um, and, and I, like we managed to stick with it and I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm proud about that. I, I enjoy this podcast and, and this is something that like, it, I don't know, this might just be for me, but like it, th- like this is something that I'm proud to like send a link to my friends and like have them listen to it and stuff like that. Like, I, like I enjoy it. I think we've done a good job. There are a couple episodes here and there where, where I kind of feel like, you know, maybe uh, one or two or all of us are just so fucking run down that week that, you know, maybe it just wasn't a super enthusiastic episode. But then we also have episodes where it's just fucking laughs and good conversation for two hours. And it, it and we have much more of those than, than the other, and it makes up for it. And, uh, I mean, I'm super stoked about this. I was stoked about it from the get-go, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Honestly. How you feel? This is your baby. Yeah, so um uh I this is so this is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um I remember when I first found out what podcasting was and this was back in probably 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh I, it was the first thing I, I, like, I I had just found out about it and I was like, I don't fucking get this, like, oh, whatever. And then, uh, my buddy was like, well, hey, do you, do you want to, do you want to do this with me? And, uh, I think we recorded an episode and I was like, oh shit, that was fun. Like, I, I like, I like doing that. Maybe, maybe we should do some more. Uh, and we never did, <laughs> which is fine. Like, uh, at that time I also was still again under the mindset, like, I don't really get this. I don't know, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was around, uh, I have to say, I think it was around 20, maybe 2012 or 2013, I started. I, I kind of started coming around on YouTube, which was five years later than everybody else. But I finally was starting to like. I had found like some creators that I liked, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and most of their stuff was podcast, <clears throat> and so I started like really getting into podcast. And I would listen to like if they weren't on actual like. Uh, like services like on you know the the apple podcast app or or whatever i would listen to them through youtube and i just really started getting into it and i was like i want to try this again and so i had uh a little a little podcast that was called bebop's corner that we recorded probably about 
five episodes of uh, me and various friends. Uh, and I put them up on YouTube uh, because I didn't know anything about like getting it up on podcast services or, or anything like that. And I was like, well, you know, like it's a podcast. I watch podcasts on YouTube or listen to them, whatever. We'll get it up that way. So, and then it just kind of didn't really go anywhere. I, I kind of stopped recording it. Uh, and I always wanted to do more, but it was really hard to find guests and, and you know, whatever. So it kind of fell to the wayside and I decided that I wanted to start doing more YouTube stuff because then I started really getting into that, like, like specifically video essays, which is what, you know, I, I do. (laughs) Um, and I, I really, really wanted to get into the, like, I really got into the idea of media creation and wanting to do media stuff. And it just never worked out with, with the podcast. I even like had a very short lived podcast, uh, maybe 10 episodes with my buddy Marcus that, uh, actually was, uh, going when I first started at target and met Dylan. And again, that didn't work out because, whatever reasons. And so finally I was like, you know what? I know these two people and I, I know that like they're into these sorts of things. And this is something that I really want to talk about. And so I approached both of you and it's like, Hey, do you guys want to do this? And, and thankfully you guys were into the idea and you came on board and and since then like i really feel like this is the best product that i have put out into the digital sphere um i am proud of some of the youtube videos for certain things but not overall like i think Mm -hmm. almost all of my videos i think are mediocre at best um and I think the other podcasts that I did before this, again, there are things about them that I like in, in certain aspects, but I think that what we have here is probably the most, probably the best thing that I've ever put out. Um, and I really think that a lot of that has to do with the two of you because I feel like, when I have, I feel like I have a lot of stuff that I, my, my thoughts start to fall apart at a certain point and I don't know how to coherently put everything together, but I get to talk in such small snippets here and you guys get to like reel me in and shit and I have to be on my A game. So y- I feel like that sounds bad, but like it keeps me at my absolute highest. Yeah. And then you guys come in every week and you guys fucking knock it out of the park and it makes my life easier. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and I'm, I mean, I feel like it can't be understated just how much you do. The only thing that we do is come on here and act like a up. bunch of fools. <laughs> right, we're just but here. You're, 
Yeah, you edit every single thing. You're doing that on top of editing your videos. You come up with the outline every week, except for the one that I did that didn't even wound up happening because Austin and I were like, fuck it, we're just going to talk about Pokemon. We don't need an outline. Uh, (laughs) Outside of that, you're on top of literally everything. So all of this comes from you this show is your semen and you oh, have sprayed yeah, it into the world why you emphasize the word come so hard God yes damn it. yes uh self fellatio yeah um, an episode without a come no huh. or suicide that's true like th- like we brought toaster bath into this world it's true yeah, that is true i mean that's, that's still a pretty my favorite episode I last episode that we did was actually a lot of fun for me. I, that one was one of my yeah, I enjoyed it. Good favorites too. Um, but no, man, you do, you put so much work into this podcast. It shows too. I mean, it. You have a great Discord uh, server full of some people. I mean, I get people asking me about it at work, and that's kind of crazy. I think that's really cool. But this is your baby. You brought it to life. We're just a couple of goofballs that show up and say some words. Honestly. And you have to keep us on track. Yeah. You got to reel us back in off our bullshit. I will say sometimes, sometimes, very rarely, we'll come up with like episode topic ideas. Uh, but even then, dude, that's still just mostly Josh. Yeah. it's all. I mean, it's literally all you like. I'm glad that you think that we have played a part in keeping it alive, but you've put literally 100% of the work in and it shows, man. Like, I love it. I love coming here and doing it most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were like, I honestly, I didn't think you were being serious when you first approached me with the idea. Oh, yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because you were you you were pretty fucking drunk when you approached me with the (laughs) I don't know was if you I? remember that. Yeah, because it was the um, Josh is like I was drunk. It was the it was the weekend I don't remember that we uh, that. <laughs> it was the weekend where we where I moved into into my house. Really? Yeah, interesting. It, and um, uh, I think the day after we moved in and we, you know, got the TVs up and and got the essentials uh, uh, settled, we had like a little like little housewarming get together with a couple of people, and you and Kayla came. And that's when you approached me with the idea, I think. I think we were outside. I think you and Dylan, for I don't know why, for whatever reason, came outside uh, with me to smoke a cigarette. And I think that's when you approached me with it. You know what? Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> he was, we're pretty. He was entirely intoxicated. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I remember like, you I approaching. You approached me with it. And like I. If I remember correctly, you barely got the sentence out of your mouth before I said yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, uh, "Yeah, good. I've been thinking about a video game podcast." And I wanted to say, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it." And it's just, it's been a lot of fun, man. Like the challenges, even though I'm going to fail the 20 games by the end of the year challenge, it's still oh, Jesus like, Christ. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to fail it. Yeah, no, hard. it's if my year keeps going the way the past two weeks has gone. I might not even see December. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not because I will unalive, but because something will unalive me for myself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's just... Uh, it's like the one time a week that I can kind of just sit down with a group of friends. And I'm not a social person. 
if either of you wanted to do this in person, I'd be like, mm, I'll call in remotely just because I'm like, I work, work in a public home. environment. Yeah. I work in a public environment. I like to have my time alone. Yeah. But the cool thing about this is that I can be alone, but with two people I genuinely care about. And when I like get like my weekly update with them, get a good conversation in, talk about stuff that I mostly care about. And it just, just roll with the good times. Um, mm-hmm. And just a completely uncensored, unfiltered, just whatever we want to say, we say it. Probably, um, I look forward to it because it's like a, it's it's a safe place. <laughs> it's a safe place from the week, and it's like I know when Wednesdays come around, I'm like, all right, it's you know, it's it's the night with the boys. I'm like, yep. Sabrina, and go elsewhere, but here in this room, cause I'm going to record some shit, take the dogs, take the cat, take everything with you. Get this is my time. It is cocks out with the guys. It's just oh, circle boy. jerk time, triangle jerk. Sorry. And, and that's another thing too. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I met, uh, I met you through this podcast. Well, I haven't actually met you. I've still never seen you. That's before. weird, right? Let's let's make that known. Jo- uh, Austin and I live twenty minutes away from one another. We've done thirty four <laughs> plus episodes of this we've podcast. Never actually, with, been around each other, right? And we've never actually been in each other's presence. I have been within a five mile radius of you, actually, from when I go to Video Game Trader or go down to Norsk to get my tattoos done. It's like I've been there, but we just don't face to face with each other. And you know what? That's it's respectable. Also, it's also crazy that you go to Norse because that's also where I got all my shit done too. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we, we're tattoo brothers. Uh, Dylan, uh, little yes. uh, little little tiny scrawny oh. guy uh, that worked up there used to do all my stuff. Oh, I guess weird that his name's Dylan. I don't like that. Everybody, very tiny Dylan. guy. He could fit in my pocket. I love him. Ew. Oh, that's kind of cute. I like little. Uh, Whatever those are, like those twinks, that's what they are, right? I like. Those. I think. Um, I think the reason why I liked being tattooed by him so much is because his hands were so small that he didn't bare his fucking hands into you when he tattooed you, and I just really fucking appreciated that. Man, I've started to recently come up with the fascination for tiny hands because it makes my tiny dick look so much bigger when they're in the tiny hands. <laughs> well, that's a thing that just got same. God <laughs> went from celebrating to small dicks. Yeah. Um, hunting Dixels. Hunting Dixels. Uh, yeah. Um, I wonder if I could even self fellatiate actually. I I think that this has been uh, a really nice year, and uh, I have to attribute it a lot to you guys. Um, I know you're welcome. You, know, you guys like circle jerked me for a minute, but uh, I really do feel like this show would not be the same if I had a different set of co-hosts. So, um, it is true. That makes me feel good. Cause like, I feel like such a useless part of this same. podcast. <laughs> we have episodes and we get done recording. And sometimes I genuinely feel like the weakest link, but I'm like, you know what? I feel like that every I, fucking time. <laughs> I was like, but you know what? I'm here. We all, for the most part, enjoy each other's company. Uh, so we should have an episode like we should we should do an episode like in person oh god uh, no you've lost me <laughs> dylan's like you know what <laughs> it's like did you hear anything i just said <laughs> i think we all should at least i i think we all should at least one time go to a bar together or something go somewhere do something oh, fine uh yeah we might uh we'll thirsty turtles oh, like wait, 10 minutes I don't for drink. both of us josh 
Thirsty Turtle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the bar oh, in, uh... you guys want to hear some shit? Oh, God. This is some fuck shit. On the way up to the place today, to the mountaintop, motherfucking Sabrina and I driving up, and there's a turtle in the middle of the road. And Sabrina's like, we got to turn around. We got to oh. go get it. And I was like, all right. I swerved my car. We threw it in reverse, drove all the way back down there. She got the turtle. We didn't take it anywhere. All we did was escort it across the road in the direction that it was facing, and we went about our day. All right, good karma. Why the fuck did my tire go out after that? What Does karma even exist? Like, I saved a turtle. It could have gotten splattered. Oh, you should have taken the turtle And then my home. tire. I should have ran the shit over, apparently, because <laughs> it wouldn't have affected my tire one way or the other. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I was really heated about karma not coming to me in that moment, so sorry. I just had to bring that up. Yeah. Um, Josh, you said just talk. D- so yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, I, I wanted to give a sort of, I guess, update for um, things that will be coming uh, from this podcast um, and from Culture Pop in general here in the coming year uh because you said come a lot i did say coming coming a lot jesus uh so i have i've been working behind the scenes with some some peeps uh some some peoples about things that i would like to see happen with this show and other shows and just culture pop in general and um so uh, I believe that next year or this upcoming year or however you want to call it, we'll definitely see a increase in content. Uh, it will also see a, a increase in personalities and, um, and, and stuff that we talk about because I think that, um, one of the the most interesting things about what we do is we come in with varied topics almost constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really kind of what sets us apart. Uh, and so with that all said, um, we'll have more details or I specifically will have more details on that stuff going forward. Uh, so the last thing Austin had brought this up and I thought it was uh, actually a really good idea is, um, what if we do a little update because our very first episode was the, um, our favorite five favorite games of all time. What if we did an update? on that see if anything's changed and if anything has changed what that entails okay i'm down for that um yeah do you guys remember what your favorite uh favorite games of all time was i think mine were i don't remember the specific order but i think mine were pokemon black and white um breath of the wild kingdom hearts 2 Pokemon Crystal and Fallout New Vegas, if I remember correctly. I know for a fact New Vegas was definitely on there, but I'm pretty sure that was my top five, and that has definitely fucking changed. There is one major addition to that top five. 
that uh, I will talk about later. Okay. Uh, I am trying to pull it up right now. Um, I have the episode one outline, but I can't find the episode zero outline. Weird. I don't remember mine. Um, I know what my number one is. Yeah. Um, is that because you're playing it right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have dropped an ungodly amount of time in Stardew over the past few weeks. That's fair. Um, simply game. because it, 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 have you, oh, you have played. I was like, yeah. okay. Um, I really want to see quote unquote in game, even though I know that's not truly a thing in this. I can get pretty fucking close. Um, what else was there? I, did I put Skyrim on my list? You I did. Heart Gold, Skyrim Soul, Silver. I think, yeah, I think you had Skyrim. I also think that you had The Witcher. You did have The, the Witcher. Witcher. So essentially this would mean, have I played anything in the past year to change this? And the answer is fucking no, because I've played Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed. And... <laughs> he said uh, fucking no. Yeah, no, I've not played a lot of just stuff that's shaken my world in terms of gaming um have you austin or josh have you actually played something that's made it to your top five of all time i have for sure i i think that this specific game might have actually taken my number one spot i'm not gonna lie are you telling me it's cyber sleuth no okay cyber sleuth what no it's a great game but no Wait, did you already tell me the game? No, I haven't talked about it yet. What is it? We'll talk about it. We'll get to it. Oh, uh, well, he's looking up stuff, so I want to know. <laughs> we'll get to it. Don't worry. Yeah, I, now I I'm anxious. Anywhere Don't worry about that, we'll get to. Um, it. I'm literally going to have an anxiety attack <laughs> if you do not tell me right now. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you right now. Better go find it. I'm my heart rate is going up. Persona oh, Five okay. Royale. Better go find an inhaler. Is it fucking Persona Five? It honestly is. I'm not going to lie. Oh God! That game, like, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, and we'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in detail. No, later, you don't have to. That game is definitely. <laughs> he goes, no, you that don't shit have did something to. to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, Austin asked me this, or, or had brought this up as like a potential topic uh, to discuss on this episode, and I. I don't think that there is anything that has changed for me either. There, I mean, it is possible that something may have like changed in like the rankings, maybe. Yeah. But, but I definitely Metal Gear Solid is still my favorite game of all time. Final Fantasy VIII would still rank in uh, some of my favorite games. Um, Did you find the list? No, I I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. I, I know that I have it somewhere. It is definitely somewhere, but I just don't know where that somewhere is. That's weird. So, um, but yeah, like I, I know that there are games on that list for sure that are still there. I'm pretty sure every game that was on that list is still there to some degree, but I just don't know if uh, nothing let, let me put it this way nothing has changed in terms of what is on that top 5 it's just a matter of whether or not something has changed in its rankings there yeah um i mean the one that i've spent the most time with is obviously stardew like i said i've dumped time in it so mine was stardew 
I'm assuming Heart Gold Soul Silver is on there. Skyrim, Witcher 3. And then I'm missing my fifth. Was it The Last of Us or did I knock that one off? I think you had knocked it off. I remember you saying something about it, but I I don't remember you talking about it in, uh, in the show itself. That's so crazy, man, because I honestly forget what my question mark game is. Uh, it must not be that important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? That's because you guys both named your top five. I can't remember my fifth game. I, I don't know if I named my top five. I like Metal Gear Solid was on there. Final Fantasy VIII was on there. Probably Silent Hill Two was on there. Um, I mean, honestly, the the thing about that is is that it's hard to name it from day to day, right? Because like that list can yeah. always change. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I see what you're saying. I just wish that I could have spent more time this year playing games that actually fucking look. Okay. I spent a lot of time this year playing fucking Spyro. So yeah, you did. Uh, I had a huge handicap, but great things came of that. I think truly if I were to die, I can at least say I have two worlds first under my belt in a category that no one else had done. Everyone's had always speed ran speed run did uh, had played the game quickly and that's fine. But then I did it deathless hitless, no damage. And that was a huge part of my year. So I'm just going to put Spyro as number five on my list because I don't remember what the fuck. Okay. Let's, let's say that crept into the top five. I'll, I'll say that could change from it. Then I feel better about that. Because apparently I don't remember the last game on my list because it wasn't important. <laughs> Jesus. Well, don't just leave an awkward silence there. <laughs> Keep talking. Um, um, okay, you both did it. You both said, um. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. No, uh, I, I, I don't know if there's anything much else that I can say. I mean, it... it I don't want to say it is what it is (laughs) because that's not what I'm trying to say. But, but yeah, um, I wish, I wish I could that fucking, we, we have our top five. Yeah. Yeah. So what's been your biggest disappointment from the year in doing the podcast, whether it be a game that you've played or uh, something that we've not accomplished from the podcast itself What's been your biggest disappointment? That's a tough one. Uh, I mean, Josh, do you have anything that comes to mind? Because I don't, I don't really have like, as far as the podcast goes, there's not really anything that that I'm I'm super disappointed in, other than like <sighs> my friends not listening to it. But like, that's a personal <laughs> problem, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mine is that we dropped the ball on streaming together as much as we wanted to. Yeah, we did do that. Because we did set, I mean, we set out some pretty um, pretty big goals for ourselves at the beginning of this year. Yeah, and truly, we could still do the 20 cooperative streams we would just have to buckle down on. Are we going to? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably just not going to happen. But, I mean, that was something that, we did drop the ball on a little bit, but I also dropped the ball on fucking playing any games at all this year outside of Spyro. So working on that one. Yeah. But that one. Yeah. I did kind of drop the ball last year on, on, on trying new shit and 
I kind of fucked myself as far as just like replaying games that like I've played over and fucking over and over when I bought all these brand new games and still have yet to fucking touch them. I yeah, I keep buying them. games, yeah, but I don't finish games. Same. And then I just never touch them. Or, or like, right. I, dude, I sold so many Switch games, so fucking many Switch games a couple weeks ago because they were just games that I had just, I, I didn't play. Like I had them for a couple of those games I had had for over a year. And the plastic on them had never been fucking broken because I just never mm. got around to fucking playing them because I was too busy replaying games. I play. I mean, I, I played Breath of the Wild fucking three times last year. <laughs> That's my thing. And is that some kind of like cr- crutch for us? Is that it's really hard for us to start something new, but it's really easy for us to go back and play something that's filled with nostalgia or gives us happy feelings. Is that like because we're always depressed, we need to go back? Oh my god! I think that's just a crutch for everybody. I think a lot. I think a lot of people do that in some in some form or fashion. Well, Josh always tells us to stop, so I feel like we're in the wrong. Yeah, maybe we're the weird ones. I well, <laughs> we're definitely the weird ones. Um, that goes without question. But it's like, why do we just continuously restart games? I don't know. Because we're terrible, terrible people. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly. If if I had to name something, it would probably be that I wish that... Um, I wish that we had moved to the once a week earlier because yeah. I feel like it, it helps... I, I don't want to say it helps with the flow of the show, but I I I feel like we have gotten our best content out since we moved to once a week. Does that make sense? I can yeah. agree with that. Like I I feel like what I I think uh what's yeah it, uh, I I feel like. We started, I, I don't know this 100% for sure, but I feel like we started the weekly shows around the time that we recorded Toaster Bath. And yeah, right. That sounds about right. And Toaster Bath is, to my to this day, one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Uh, I don't know if it is my favorite because we've had some fucking absolutely killer episodes these last couple weeks, man. Like, Oh, for sure. These, these last couple weeks, we've been really killing it. Um but once we switched, it was like like the light went on, if that makes sense. And we just like yeah. we started fucking just nailing it. And it's every week. And there are definitely weeks, like Austin said earlier, where we're just like I'm brain dead probably fucking eighty percent of my waking life. Same. And <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah see see like perfect example <laughs> uh you just lost yeah. everything that you were thinking <laughs> literally just everything i was uh, i was thinking and was going to say just lost in in a moment but like that is hilarious i just watched that happen in real time uh but yeah i i like i feel like even with that said it was like uh once we move to a once a week sort of thing, e- even those little lulls, like we're picked up by someone else. Like we, we never have a moment. I feel like where 
all of us are just fucking miserable and don't want to yeah. do this and whatever. Whereas I feel like those first probably like what six, seven, maybe even eight episodes. That's I I felt like we we would come in and and at the very least one of us would be like I don't want to fucking do this this week. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah. It was just getting in the groove, and then, like, last year was just hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah last year was Sucked hard. bad. I have, like, I, I have fucking social anxiety that I've never had before solely because of last year. Yeah. But we're over it now, guys. We're, we're better. No, mine's still. None of us have COVID, probably. I probably had it, like, immediately, so. Oh. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I, I feel like everybody and their mother was like fucking sick right in like January, March, that oh, sort of dude, area. Back, back in fucking January of last year, I specifically remember I had to leave work one day. I had to leave at like fucking two in the afternoon. Um, I, I was achy. I was shaking. I was getting hot flashes. I was getting fucking fucking cold chills. And I, I was coughing so hard that I puked for a solid 10 fucking minutes in the bathroom. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm going home. Went to the doctor. And they ran five different tests on me. And every single one of those tests came back negative. And they were like, we have no idea. The doctor straight up told me, he was like, I have no idea what's going on with you. I don't know what you have, but it's not good. So he was like, here's some fucking antibiotics and some steroids and call us in a week if you're not fucking better. And I mean, within a week, I, w- I was pretty fucking normal, so I didn't go back. But I still don't know what the fuck that shit was, and it sucked. Yeah, like there was a time when everyone was getting sick, but they're just like, "Oh, it's flu season, no big deal." Mm-hmm. Nah, it was a kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, even then, in hindsight, it was a huge yeah. fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> in that, uh, and in that fucking doctor's visit, they one of the tests they ran on me. I don't remember what it was but I had to like blow into this machine and uh, they started to get really concerned because my lungs like I just I didn't have the strength to blow hard enough to get an accurate fucking reading so they were like we we don't know what to do here's some steroids and hope you fucking feel better I guess so that sounds like a fantastic doctor yeah uh, I want him as my personal not. doctor <laughs> right it's like Doctors I really don't know like what's that. going on with you but here's a copious amount of oh. drugs feel better soon uh, that, that doctor's actually right next to your house, Josh. Oh, yeah? Oh. It's the doctor's office. Uh, you know that gas station right next to that anime store? Mm-hmm. It's the doctor's office directly across the Oh, yeah, that urgent, station. that urgent care or whatever? Uh, it's not an urgent care. It's just a normal doctor's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. They suck. They're fucking awful. I wish I didn't have to use them, but I do. Oh. Well, I mean... Could be worse. Uh, anyway, um, somehow this has devolved into medical hour. Medical hour, my three. <laughs> yes, well, I am here for it. Um, let me get on topic real quick. What what can we talk about? That's that's video game related. Um, Probably what we've been playing, right? Ooh, oh, our, God damn that. Let me check real quick. Yep, that is at least half a chub I got from that transition. Right there. That was really good. <laughs> I actually did have a question before we move on. I hate to fucking ruin that transition. Oh, you son of a bitch. Is there, Damn. W- was there a game that uh, either of you have played 
solely based on the recommendation of somebody else here? Um, I wouldn't say that it was based off of your recommendation, recommendation, mm-hmm. but Avengers was on my list to play because of how negatively you guys per- received it, perceived it. Um, and then it went on sale and I got it and it's like, yeah, this game is a hot pile of shit. So I'm glad I paid $23 for it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, yeah, I actually picked up and thoroughly enjoyed, uh, um, I actually haven't even finished it yet, but, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising because of you, Austin. Oh, that's, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that entirely, actually. Yeah, Uh, I thought that game was real fun. I'm trying to, I know Dylan, I know I picked up Stardew Valley because of Dylan. Yeah, I, I picked it up. I have put like maybe an hour into it so I, can't say I picked up I picked up Final Fantasy 7 remake because of Josh and then I I, I want to say I also delved into Persona because of Josh because of how highly you talked about Persona 4 I just I at the time I didn't have anything that I could play Persona 4 on so I just picked up 5 but yeah I'm pretty sure I dived into that because of uh, how highly you talked about 4 yeah so that's pretty cool. I mean that. I mean that's a good handful of games right there that I would have never thought to fucking play. Oh, and The Witcher because of Dylan. Oh yep. I still haven't made it past the first hour, but I do own it on every fucking console. So there's that. There is that. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, and all, I love it. all of those are games I, that I wouldn't have thought to try if you guys hadn't uh, brought them to my attention. So that's neat. Look at us creating environments for one another. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us, indeed. Um, well, yeah, let's... Uh, Both of you need to play Stardew. I'll get to it. Uh, I might. Okay. I'll, I'll get to it. Oh. I promise. <laughs> um, so, I... Let's get to what we've been playing. All right. For sure. So, I played in passing. Uh, I'm going to talk about this next week because I... I don't want to talk about it now because I am pretty sure that uh, I am like 15, maybe 30 minutes away from finishing The Suicide of Rachel Foster. Um, this is a game that I found out through Sorchomp, uh, found out about through Sorchomp, and uh, it sounded interesting. It's kind of a walking simulator-ish type thing, uh, and it's got some really fucking heavy themes uh, Can I just ask you what the fuck a walking simulator is? Uh oh, so, sorry. A uh, walking simulator is like um, is a game like uh like Gone Home or I'm trying to think of uh another uh game. Just out of curiosity, is it like Firewatch? Yeah, yeah, Firewatch. So, okay, so like gotcha. it's a game that like you walk around and experience a story. It's a walking simulator sort of thing. Um, but it deals with some really, really fucking heavy themes like, uh, like fucking child predatory, like sexual stuff and, oh my God. And suicide, obviously, as it, you know, exemplified by the name, obviously. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I don't want to talk about it just yet because I, I am 
like a hundred percent positive that I am like 15 to 30 minutes away from having it beat. So, um, so far I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's one of those games that I think I'll have to digest. Uh, but I wanted to throw it out there that I was playing it. Uh, but the one that I have beaten. So this is game number, I think eight for me on the year. Um, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, is adios. This is another walking simulator. <laughs> um, and this one came on my radio radar. F- uh, I don't remember who it was, but there was a YouTuber that I follow who talked about it. And I was like, that sounds like an interesting premise. Uh, let me give that a shot. So more, uh, the, the basic gist of the story is you are a pig farmer who has been working for the, the mob disposing of bodies um, for the last undisclosed amount of time. And you have decided that you no longer want to do that. And so obviously working for the mob and doing what you do, there is no way of getting out of that. It, you know, alive sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You, there's no way that the mob is going to let you live with you knowing what they do sort of thing. Um, so the very beginning of the game, you sit down with this guy, the, the mafia guy, he's dropping off another body. You're going to feed the pigs and you tell him that you're done. And then he's like, uh, you're not done. Like there is no other way out of this you're not done and you know that you're not done and blah, blah, blah. And so the thing about this game is that it is really kind of a rumination on really death and life, but it's, there's a lot more to it than that. Like there is so many different things that go into it. And eventually it comes down to a sort of morality tell, I guess is the way that I would put it where it's, it's a matter of, I don't want to say regret because that's not really right, but it's kind of like, so, okay. So, you go throughout your, your normal day and he kind of tags along and he helps you. And then there are things that you learn about the farmer that kind of bring other parts into perspective. And there's this one scene in particular that really kind of like hit me right in the feels, like just really fucking got to me. And it's this part where he's explaining why he wants to do this. And it more or less comes down to the idea that there is a chance that he is a good person and that, that, uh, that everything that he has been doing for the mafia is, just a 
a bad thing that he like I'm trying to I'm trying to bounce around it so I don't give anything away. But <laughs> but like it, basically it comes down to the to the fact of like ruminating on life, like just thinking about what your life has been and and what it could have been and like what regrets you may have and it like if you've lived a good life or not and that sort of thing and it is so there is one scene in this game that is so fucking just utterly devastating and heartbreaking that like i i don't know man like it made me feel things that there haven't been a whole lot of games in in recent memory, right? Like the last mm-hmm. probably couple of years that made me feel the way that this game did. Uh, and it's presented with like this kind of like cartoony style. So like it's almost like I don't want to say Pixar because it's not nearly animated as well as a Pixar movie, but it's kind of got like a like a almost it, it, like a cartoony style, right? Yeah. Um, so it's this really heavy. Uh, like story material and mixed with this uh, like cartoony exterior that like kind of just works. It looks cell shaded. Yeah, yeah. I think it is cell shaded. It reminds me of the Walking Dead Telltale game series a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has that sort of feel to it. And I I just really liked this game. It really puts a little bit of like I don't want to say perspective on my own life because it it didn't quite do that but it was one of those things that like I was playing it and I was like hmm I wonder I wonder how this will work for me in the future I wonder if like if I'm on death's door and I know that like I'm about to die I wonder how my brain will operate and how I will think about my life in the past mm. and, and stuff like that. And it just, yeah, it really got to me. It was, it's a good game. I think about that kind of stuff far too often. Um, and not to derail and go off the, the you know, onto that huge psychological conversation, but that's kind of, <clears throat> what you were saying, it draws me to this game. So towards the latter half of this year, when I'm trying to strive to complete more games towards the list of 20, this is something that I can see myself playing. When Austin asked us the question, are you going to pick up anything or have you picked up anything that another of us have recommended to one another? This could be one of those that fall into the category for me because I'm looking at it now and it looks really good. It looks mm-hmm. um, unique to itself. Uh, like I can see what you're talking about, like a walking simulator. Um, and it just looks not like a good time in the sense of, oh, it's going to be action packed. And, um, you know, I'm not necessarily going to say story driven, but this, like you said, it's a walking sim and it's an indie game. So what kind of time frame were you looking at uh, to beat it? Uh, less than two hours. I think I beat it in an hour and a half. Oh, oh that's crazy. Yeah, and it's only $15. Well, then, I mean... Where did you buy it at? I, I bought it on Steam. Oh, okay. It's they went, uh, It's $18 now. Do you think they raised the price you get on a sale? I, I think I'm... 
Uh, I think I may have gotten it during the Steam Summer Sale. Okay. And regardless, like, I mean, $18, I don't mind dropping that on an indie game to support the devs, especially if it can kind of invoke those feelings that you were talking about. Um, That's something that I go back and forth with in my daily life in some regard, in some way, shape, or form. Um, So this one kind of speaks to me, and I like that. It's on my wish list now. I'm going to keep watching for it to go on sale while I try to complete a few other games. But I am very interested in this one. Yeah, I I think it's a special game. Uh, at the very least, it's a special story. Right. But yeah. it sounds really fucking interesting. I might have to check that out. That sounds really good. Totally worth it. Uh, oh, yeah. Austin, go ahead and tell me about Cyberpunk. You've put a little bit more um, time into it. Yeah, I'm... I'm not going to talk too long. It's going to be super quick because I I only really have like an hour and a half into this playthrough. Um, This is definitely a much better fucking experience than the first time. Uh, Like I I can I can actually play the game without being able to smell my PS4 from across the room. (laughs) Uh, Like the oh my god! Like the 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 first the first uh, like real fire fight sequence you you probably get into is when you're like a uh, you, you and Jax, you're like pulling this girl out of like a like an ice bath or something. I, I I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. And when I was playing it on my original on my on my fucking PS4, dude, I almost could not make it through that sequence, and that wasn't a joke. My PS4 got so hot, I could smell that shit from across the fucking room. Like something was not normal with how hot that motherfucker got. Okay, well, you first off, don't tell me what is and is not a joke because I laughed at it. So, oh no, I mean it's still fucking funny. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm but, joking. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> playing it on my PS5, like I had no fucking issues at all. The world looks so much more vibrant, so much more colorful. There's so there's like, like it feels like there's more life bre- breathed into it now, and I and I I am enjoying it. Um, it's kind of hard for me to play right now. Because playing anything is kind of hard right now, and I'll explain why in a second. But uh, um, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm excited to get back into it and maybe knock it out. Does that happen to do with kids? No. Oh, okay. No. Because <laughs> I, I heard one in the background, and I was like, oh, he just doesn't want to say that they're ruining his <laughs> life right now when one's in the room. <laughs> no, they're they're actually both in the room. Oh God. Okay. So definitely no self deletion. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's all right it's well better and i'm excited i'm ki- are you gonna just keep dumping time into it or what um i'm probably that's probably honestly the next game on my list to kind of just knock out so okay like like when i get off here i'm i'm i know me and madison are gonna watch the loki finale and then might i might put another 30 minutes hour into it here and then tomorrow uh, i'm actually getting off at 12 so I'll, I'll probably just play cyberpunk all day and try to just knock it out as much as i can I mean, shit, that's what's up. I'm curious to see what you think about it. I'm curious to see where our conversations go because I still... It's not that I'm heated about the game. I like the outcome. I do want to play it again. I just cannot make time to do it this year because I can't put that on my plate with how long of a game it is. But I want to do different paths and choices and see how that affects the game. Um, and just invest a little more time into it. The cool thing about it is that when you beat the game, you go back 
before the last cruci- crucial mission that you can't go back from. Yeah. So I could even do it in that regard, but I want to get a clean start. Like, I know we were just joking on ourselves earlier about yeah. fucking restarting games I do games like when games do that, though. Yes. And I don't think there's a new game plus. I could be very wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's a new game plus. How, um, how long did it take you to, to finish it? God, man, I don't know. I can tell you the time I have played on cyberpunk but that also includes side shit and just getting lost in the city and stuff um i have 50 hours on steam with it so i don't really know yeah i, I was talking to a co-worker about it and and uh he he picked it up and played it off steam and he was like honestly he was like if you if you beeline it through the main story and you don't really fuck with all the side shit he was like i i'm i genuinely think this game is like 25 to 30 hours long that, that's exactly what i was going to say 25 30 hours and the story truly shines on this game. The story is what I cared the most about. Um, and almost, it's not a complete flip from The Witcher because I cared about The Witcher 3 story, but I also really gave a shit about the side quest. Yeah. In The Witcher 3, in Cyberpunk, I did not. Um, I saw a few here and there that really caught my eye, but the story is leagues above every other bit of content in that game. And they did a great fucking job. So I'm curious to see. What you have to say about that, Josh, how far did you actually make it into cyberpunk? Uh, I got through the first mission. I, I will say I I have already noticed something about cyber and I I knew it was the case to begin with. And I don't know why I was fooling myself into thinking it would be different, but the fact that, so on my first playthrough, I did street kid and on Madison's playthrough, she did uh, nomad. Well, this the current playthrough that I did, I did Corpo. It really fucking infuriates me that there is no difference and that that doesn't matter at all. That has no resemblance on the game so far. At no, it really doesn't. Other than and like then, the first 15 minutes. Even still, too, like I think from what I've heard collectively from my peers who have played the game or just people online is that the game is really tailored toward the street kid uh choice in the first place yeah so again i really do not feel like those three choices mattered and they really dropped the ball there mm. like i feel like my penis choice mattered more than those three choices honestly <clears throat> your penis yeah. choice didn't matter at all <laughs> well i think you're right Dude, that was another thing i'm and, and <clears throat> it's not something i i really care that much about but like they were up until release of this game. They were hyping those sex scenes up. They were like, "These sex scenes are going to be dirty. This is going to be something you know you would find on Pornhub." No, the fuck, they're not. They're even for a video game. They're very fucking tame. Like they, they're, yeah. they're, they're nothing fucking serious. They're nothing that anybody should bat a fucking eye over. And I, right, I, I just there's only one. Like it caught me off guard because. I just happened to choose a dialogue option that I, I, yeah, honest to God, had no fucking clue where it was going, but it went from zero to 100 real quick because I'm just chatting up with this person. All of a sudden, I'm getting pegged by a fucking guy <laughs> on my back, and I'm just like, oh, all right, that's not how that was supposed to be. I thought this conversation was going elsewhere, but nope, but I'm on are. my back with the legs in the air taking some fucking schlong, so yeah. <laughs> Taking oh. fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a typical Wednesday night for me. Oh, that's what tonight is. Yep. Oh boy. All right. All right. So I've been playing a little game called Ellie. 
Have either of you heard of it? I have not. No, but I looked it up because I was uh, trying to do the thumbnail earlier, and I was like, oh, this is this looks interesting. It's really kind of cool. And uh, stemming off from your audios, um, <clears throat> uh, the game that you were talking about, I kind of want to do that this year. And that's just play more games that I normally would not play. Like I'm a AAA person, um, an action adventure kind of guy. So throughout the latter half of this year, aside from the games that I'm looking forward to, I'm going to try and play more of these indie games, which is why Audios really caught my ear. Um, but Ellie is a, <clears throat> it's like a top down 3D puzzle platformer. <clears throat> and it has a really pretty art style. I'm playing this on the Switch. I don't know what else it's available on, but I feel like it's definitely available on pretty much everything. If I had to take a guess, <clears throat> it's, I got it on sale for Nintendo. I think I paid $2 for the game. Oh shit. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's normally 10. Um, I would still pay 10 for it. It's, it's, it doesn't do anything just amazing that the genre has not done before, but I also didn't really think that I was, I, I read nothing about the game. I did no research. I just saw it one day on the Nintendo store on sale. And I was like, that looks pretty. And then I fucking bought it. I mean, there was no uh, other dialogue in my head aside from that. So um, I got it, downloaded it, started playing it. And it's really fun for what it is, man. Um, it has a really it's made by Bandana Kid Games, which really I don't think has any other titles under their belt. Um but this one, it just kind of flows. It doesn't have some amazing storyline. It truly doesn't. Um, it starts off pretty generic, actually. There's a, you're a good person, and then the bad person comes in and steals some crystals, and you have to go through the world and find them. I mean, I put it really generically because that's kind of how it served to you. But <clears throat> at first, you, you're kind of getting a feel for the controls, and it feels almost really not necessarily hand-holdy because they're not walking you through it they're letting you do it but the levels are super basic um it's not hard at all and the more you go the more the puzzle elements start to really become a thing and like there's timed sequences on it um and just pinpoint precision on some of the jumps and it gets really fun uh, i've I, w I can probably beat this by the next podcast really i don't think it's a long game if i had to take a guess i've played four to six hours of it um and there's a lot of puzzle and problem solving mechanics that's really uh, just something that kind of broke up the monotony and what i was doing um it, it's kind of reminiscent of zelda puzzles but not really it just has a similar feel and something that also has a similar feel from zelda is the the the, the npcs that you're interacting with inside of the game itself they're kind of like the koroks from breath of the wild it almost feels exactly like what they are. They're not that obscure by any mean, but just how they present themselves, they really give off those vibes. Um, but overall, this has just been a really good time that <clears throat> I can just kind of like some days I get to work early because I drop Sabrina off and then I only go into work two hours later. So I just kind of chill there and I'll play my switch. And, um, it's just been a nice pastime, essentially. It's not something that I take too seriously, but when I do sit down and play it, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. um, it came out in 2019. I wish I could say that this is a game that came out this year because, weirdly enough, it might be in my favorite game that I've played this year so far. 
in terms of new content for myself. And it's just basic as can be. There's nothing just outstandingly remarkable that I can say about it other than I love the soundtrack. I love the design of the levels and I love the small hints of challenging nature that you can sometimes find. I love how the levels flow together and for the price tag on it. I mean, you could do much worse and you're not going to get some mind blowing story, but it's definitely worth a shot. If anyone has time to play it, it's cute for what it is and it's going to seem to start really slow, but over time the puzzles will become a little more advanced and really make your time worth it. And I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll check it out. That sounds really cool. I'll look into it. I mean, for that fucking cheap, why not? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Especially if it goes on sale on the Nintendo store all the time or Steam. Yeah. I have no idea. Apparently, it's on Nintendo Switch and Microsoft Windows, so I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> Microsoft Windows, is that PC or is that uh, my, Xbox? Microsoft has their own like game store, game front store. Gotcha. Um, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's on Steam. For two ninety nine, like just on Steam oh, as itself. So I'll buy it right now. Yeah, I was about to say. I even myself, I would rebuy it on Steam just to replay it and see it in a much smoother light, probably. Because on the Switch, uh, it can have some hiccups. Like I know I, I'm used to playing it anywhere from sixty to hundred frames per second. So when I go to the Switch and I see thirty, I start to throw up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I, <laughs> I would. I would I would like to play it on this uh, Steam just to give it another shot, but definitely worth it to the point where I'd pay for it twice at three dollars. I mean, how can you say no? I fucking hate Steam. Because well, <laughs> everything's so oh, cheap all the time. No, 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 no. That's not it. I typed in Ellie in the search bar and I fucking regret it because it's just porn. Just porn. It's really catered to what you search. It really is. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> because I type in Ellie and I get the game immediately. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe it is just me then. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. No, how did you spell always it? Always looking at fuck. I, I, oh, I spelt it E L L I E. Oh, it's just okay, E L L I. Yeah, I see that. Well, now, now I gotta say. Uh, now, uh, even. Okay, yeah, I typed in Ellie with an E and there's like. Time for you, Ellie wallpaper pack, and yeah, it looks a little the, seductive. That's the so. first. No, <laughs> it's more than a little seductive, sir. Keep scrolling. <clears> all right. Pictures. Well, nope, I'm done because I don't want my Steam engine to be <laughs> catered to this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> God, you look up hentai games as a joke, and then the next thing you know, it's the only thing. As a joke. I haven't bought anything. Well, I that's do a lie. not believe that's that. That's a lie. I did buy Honey Pop 2, but I returned it in like 15 minutes. I don't even so, think that's on know. Steam anymore. <laughs> Uh, I think they pulled that shit down. Oh. oh my god! It might not have been Honey Pop then. It might have just been another generic hentai game. They're all the fucking <laughs> same on Steam at this point. Uh, nope, it's still there. Ten- Tentacle Schlong sixty nine. Uh, I think it was Honey Pop three that moved, but for some reason one and two are still there. Mm. It was the third. I remember that being a big deal a couple months ago. Hey, you've played a game that you think is your number one game of all time now. Yeah, speaking of hentai. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great transition. Love it. This has been a good one. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, well, for one, I actually finished a game this year, so that's a pretty rad achievement for me. Um, also, that game was, uh, took me like 120 hours, so I don't, I'm not sure how I knocked that out in two weeks, but I fucking did. 
How the fuck you have that much time? That's what I'm saying. I also, to be fair, a lot of those nights I was also playing. Like, if I didn't have to go to work the next day, I was up playing till literally four or five in the morning. Like, the kids went to bed at like seven, eight, and I literally played until four or five in the morning. Um, Well, actually, when I finished the game, I think it was when I when I finally completely finished the game. I think it was this past Saturday, and it was like two thirty, two forty five. Something like that, but uh, um, and it's crept its way into your number one spot. It uh, it has this game fucking hurt me. It made me happy. I cried sad tears and I cried happy tears. And Persona Five Royal felt like a it 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 really does feel like a celebration of of uh jrpgs as a whole because it's it's like all of the best things from all these different jrpg subgenres, kind of just mixed together and thrown in this big melting pot and it it fucking works it works really fucking well um uh, aside from 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 the whole uh supernatural aspect of it i mean it really is just like a slice of life slash dating simulator um uh, the, the the whole premise of the game is uh, a group of delin- of what society views as uh, delinquent teens uh, get the ability to travel to basically a kind of like an alternate uh, alternate reality or like alternate plane of existence where uh, the desires of just really nasty and really fucking evil uh, people uh, materialize. And they form a group called the Phantom Thieves, and they steal the hearts of these people. They go into uh, what's called their palaces, which that's a whole other fucking thing in general. Uh, I think the overall uh, art direction and design of this game is absolutely fucking fantastic because every single palace that you visit is, is so heavily fucking catered to the person it's based around. It's literally just a building that is their entire personality. And and it's so it's so well descriptive, and I, I fucking love it. Um, but you go into these palaces, and uh, uh, you steal you steal their treasure, which is essentially their their distortions taking uh, physical form, and that causes them in the real world to have a change of heart and confess for uh, confess their crimes. And it go, it literally goes in typical JRPG fashion. It literally goes to you fighting your the first boss is just a pervert gym teacher and you end up fighting God by the end of it. You end up in a royal. (laughs) You end up fighting two incarnations of fucking God by the end of the game. Um, But I I I, I, I'm having a hard time like forming how I really feel about the game. But I, I fucking love this game, dude. Like when I finished it. I immediately hit New Game Plus and played for another fucking hour. I I, I don't know what this game did to me, and I, I but Jesus fucking Christ! It, it if if Fallout New Vegas didn't have the sentiment behind it that uh, that it did, <clears throat> Persona Five Royal would absolutely be my favorite fucking game of all time. I mean, as of right now, it, it's in a cl- it's a close close fucking second. Um, I'm still kind of hesitant on saying that because. Uh, Josh and 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 Tawny and everyone everyone I know that's played Persona swears up and down that Persona Four Golden is still the best in the franchise. So I I, I am going to be giving that a shot soon. Um, 
And then I'll eventually play Persona 3. Probably when I get paid next, I'll probably order a copy of Persona 3 before that starts to climb in price any more than it already has. Um, but there, there's just something special about these fucking games, dude, that get me. And, and and I think one of the biggest things is is how relatable the fucking characters are. Because um, all, all of the side characters are so well fleshed out. Usually in, game, in, in games or even anime stories like this... Uh, they, they have all these characters that they try to introduce you uh, so quickly and all at once that it sometimes it feels like the characters kind of overlap. Like, oh, these two characters share this experience and then this this character shares this. With, like, they kind of st- their personalities kind of start to overlap. And I feel like Persona 5 does a really good job at handling that. Every single character is so distinctly fucking different from each other. And and even their dialogue and the way that they talk and the way that they act is is super representative of of their personalities. Um, uh, I'm trying to think the characters that really fucking hit me. Uh, uh, Futaba Sakura. That that shit had yeah. me fucking crying in my couch, bro. I was in the fetal position. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! I feel so bad for this little girl. This is awful. Um. And then it got to, and then I got to the new additions that were. I, I finished the main game. I think, I think it took me about eighty hours, eight, probably eighty to ninety hours, realistically, uh, to finish the main game. And then it opens up to uh, the expanded content that that Royal brought. And one of the characters that uh, that was added was a girl named Kasumi, and you start to build she's she's not really in the main story she's kind of there but she's really not that important until you hit that that quote-unquote post game or like the extra third semester and pretty much the whole deal is with her is um the the la- the villain of the last arc has the ability to change people's cognitions into making their reality whatever they want it to be like whatever makes them happiest and uh, Kasumi, her her older sister, her older sister died in an accident. They were both uh, uh, gymna- They were they were both gymnasts, and uh, her older sister was always so much better than her. And her older sister died in an accident that she felt like was her fault. Well, it turns out the whole fucking time, she has actually been living as her as her dead sister. Uh, the pain of being the one responsible for her sister's death was too much for her. So uh, uh, this character named Maruki has the ability to change people's cognitions, and he ends up twisting her mind so bad that she genuinely goes through the entire game thinking that she's her older dead sister and just completely ignores the fact that Samire, which is what her real name is, even fucking exists. And at at first I was like, "Mm, there has to be a plot hole there because, like, how are all these people in her life not saying, hey, like... (laughs) That's not you. That's not your name. But it, it twisted her brain so much that when people call her by her own name, people call her Samire. She just hears Kasumi. Like she doesn't. She her brain isn't able to tell the difference. And I, I just that I thought that shit was fucking heartbreaking. I I don't think I've ever cried that hard in a video game when she came to that realization and and uh, Joker and the rest of the cast kind of are able to break the spell break the spell on her and she kind of collapses and has this big mental breakdown and and she goes berserk and starts fighting and attacking everybody and because she's just so riled up with emotion and i was just like god fucking damn it dude like 
I, something about that just really fucking hit me, and I, I don't know, dude. I I fucking love this game. This game is just goddamn it fantastic, and I I I'm doing my new game plus playthrough now, and I I can't wait to finish it a second fucking time. Um, I'll I'll probably, I don't know. I want to play Persona Four first before I finish it a second time, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't really get a lot of time to sit down on my computer, so until. I don't. I'm hesitant because I kind of just want to order the PS4 version of Persona 4, but then I remember that Golden exists and Golden is like the definitive version, and I should probably play that instead of just playing Vanilla 4. But I, I don't know. We'll see. But Persona 5 Royal was a fantastic game to me. It's a fucking 12 out of 10. I wholeheartedly think this game is a fucking masterpiece, and I will die on that hill. Well, you don't have to probably because there are a lot of people who agree with you. See, I, I don't know. I always see... I, I know that, from what I'm able to tell, Persona 5 was the game that really kind of made the series as mainstream as it is. And I don't want to say mainstream, because I still don't even really feel like it's a mainstream series. Um, but I, everyone I talk to still prefers Persona 4 over 5, which is crazy, because... I guess I can't really say that because I haven't played four, but I, I honestly just don't, I don't know how it gets better than five. Five is just fucking excellent, but I'm just, excited to find out. Just play four, man. <laughs> four, four is so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, is Teddy as annoying as Morgana is? Uh, I don't think so. I think Teddy's a vastly superior character to Morgana. Because I, I, Morgana is kind of the only, well, Morgana and Haru are kind of the only parts of Persona 5 that I really just don't fucking care for. Oh, no, I love Haru. <laughs> it, it's not that, it's not that I think she's a bad character. I feel like she, my only problem with her is I feel like she was introduced so late. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel that like is. you don't get enough time to that is the with, thing her with her at all. And I, I almost kind of feel that about, about Futaba, too. Like, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like those two characters deserved more, deserved a little more screen time than what they got. But, For sure. Um, I don't know. They're still great. It's, they're still great. Yeah. I feel like I just need to take a bath after this conversation. I don't know why. Why? I don't know. Because it, just everything. Everyone doesn't like anime. Uh, maybe. I just don't like some of these names. Like <laughs> Futaba fucking haru tawny like what is all this shit <laughs> we love tawny love tawny uh uh well all right let's get our picks of the weekend and get out of here um i will start uh my pick of the week is a video from film speak called why bo burnham inside is an existential masterpiece um so it wasn't last week, but I think it was the week before. It was on our episode. Yeah, it was, right? it was the one that me and Dylan did. I talked uh, some mad shit about that special. Yeah, when you were <laughs> at my house last, you talked some mad shit about yeah. that special. Uh, so there was a, a video on YouTube, because uh, I was just scrolling around, uh, but it's from a channel I follow called Now You See It, and I watched it, and it was about... Bo Burnham's inside and it was more looking at the filmmaking aspect of it as opposed to like the jokes and stuff like that uh, and I, I if you haven't followed now you see it on on YouTube I, I recommend it uh, but I clicked on that and then I kind of fell down a 
a relatively small rabbit hole of videos explaining why Inside is so good. Uh, and I wanted to point this one out specifically because it is a smaller channel. Uh, I think it was uh, it was definitely under 100K uh, subs. Um, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was on the smaller side. Um, and I think that smaller channels deserve these sorts of shout-outs more than, you know, the shit that I actually uh, watch on a, like, everyday basis sort of thing, like uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf and, and shit like that. Um, anyway, so on top of, uh, of me wanting to shout-out the smaller channel, I actually think that the video is pretty pretty fucking good um and it made me realize that i didn't talk enough about the good parts of inside because there there are some good parts um it also made me think about it in a little bit of a different light from like the filmmaking standpoint because uh, a lot of what this video and the one from now you see it pointed out is that uh if, if you just take the jokes out of it and just take like what's going on in the special itself and kind of the like uh, quote unquote narrative that it builds, the filmmaking around it is crazy fucking good uh, and really speaks to the themes that uh, I think Bo Burnham was trying to get across with a lot of the uh, – with a lot of the jokes, like the whole, uh, yeah, you, you said that you haven't seen it, right, Dylan? No, I've not at all. Okay. So there's, there's one, uh, one series of jokes about, um, uh, kind of reaction videos and shit like that, that it, uh, really, the joke is that, you know, he's, he, he's a reaction YouTuber and blah, blah, blah. But the way that it's filmed and like in the context of what he's going on about with like how he has anxiety and stuff, it's like a microcosm of that. It's, it's literally like showing how anxiety works about like overthinking everything and, and that sort of situation. And right. like, yeah, yeah, it is doing that. And it, is way better than I gave it credit for when I talked about it in terms of what I talked about it, which was like the jokes and stuff like that. That said, I, I do want to say that I all of my initial thoughts are still the same. I still kind of think it's scummy to try to profit off of the um, coronavirus when you didn't lose your job and you didn't yeah. fucking have to go through the same fucking shit that like 98% of the rest of the population had to go through. I think that it is fucking gross that like you like, I don't want to say that you would even consider that because I don't think that that's what he was going for, like going for. Right. I don't think that he was going for the whole, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm going through this too sort of thing. I think he really legitimately made it because he wanted to express certain things about what was going on with his headspace and stuff like that. And I respect that. But at the same time, you cannot take away the rest of that. You cannot take away the fact that other people experienced it and they were not as privileged as you. I'm sorry. You can't fucking do it. 
Um, and all of those initial thoughts that I had still hold true. But this video definitely made that made the special a little bit better in my eyes. And also the video is really good and you should check it out. Dude, I'm still never watching that special again. <laughs> I swear to God. I've heard all the fucking songs on TikTok. Dude, though. that's what made me fucking hate it. Every other fucking video on my For You page is yeah. the same goddamn song from that fucking special, and it makes me want to burn my Zuckerberg phone. and Gates and Buffett. See, okay, yep. see, I wish I got that one, because I think that one is actually really... Oh, you're talking about the sad song? Yeah, I get the sad song, and it makes me want to throw my phone <laughs> through the fucking window. I, I feel that. My, I'm kind of in the same position as Josh. My thing is, the special to me felt very, uh, felt very, like, oh... I'm depressed because I, I'm I'm stuck in I'm stuck in this in this apartment or house or wherever the fuck he is I, I don't know and I don't care, um, but it was like oh like I'm you know I'm I'm depressed too because I'm stuck inside because of COVID and I'm like mm, it's not the same when you have the kind of money to get some of the best help out there that most people in this situation probably don't have it's not the same and I. I, I think it's I think it's kind of scummy when the when the celebrities came down and they're like oh oh we're all in this together like are we because I might not be able to afford rent this month meanwhile you're making this video from your million dollar fucking home that's fully paid for in your so, bath no, of milk and roses like come the fuck yeah, on not dude. the fucking same uh, like I'm I'm literally trying to figure out how I'm gonna pay all my bills this week and put food on the table meanwhile you're getting a multi million deal from Netflix. So yeah. it's not the fucking same. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> anyway, soapbox over. Um, yeah. What's your pick of the week, Austin? You didn't write anything oh, down. Yeah, I didn't write it down because I knew that Dylan was going to make a joke about it, and I wanted to prolong. Oh, it my God. <laughs> um, so my pick of the week is an album from a band called We Came as Romans, Romans and the album is called To Plant a Seed. Oh God! Why am I going to make a joke? Why? About this? Because you already made probably at least five cum jokes this whole episode, if not more. Yeah, but I actually like that band. Really? No, yeah, not at all. They fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I have no qualms about it. But I wouldn't have made a joke about that. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I, hurt that that's what you think of me. Actually, <laughs> well, get over it. He's quitting uh, the podcast because of you, Austin. Uh, well, we'll move on. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll find somebody else next week. Yeah, yeah. Use the owl from Discord. <laughs> the owl? <laughs> what the? F- yeah, Tawny. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> A Tawny owl. Oh, gotcha. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was more clever than you had. It had any right to be. I mean, really. I that was pretty clever. I'll give you that. Thank that you. Was good. I appreciated it. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, to plant a seed is a metalcore album. I'm pretty sure this album came out in like 2009, 2010, maybe earlier, maybe later. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I think that this is one of those. Uh, the the thing about metalcore is when metalcore first kind of really started in like the early 2000s, around the time of like 2004, 2005, you had all these bands come in and you had this really weird wave of Christian metalcore. And I, I like I'm not shit talking, you know, cr- uh, Christianity as a whole. 
I just like it's the fact that like it seemed like every metalcore band coming out in like 2000 between like 2005 and 2010 had some kind of like Christian undertones. And it was I'm not really sure what was going on with that phase. Um, but to plant a seed is is fucking one of them, and I, I'm not religious at all. But I I still think this is a really good album, and I think it's a really defining album for the for the subgenre. And uh, uh, I think me and Madison are gonna they're they're coming to Atlanta on October eighth, and I think me and Madison are gonna try to go because uh, the Devil Wears Prada is opening for them. So uh, that's that'll be our first concert in like three years, and so it kind of got me in the mood. So I've been listening to to Plant a Seed for like the last two days. It's a great album. If you like metalcore, it's a great album. Metalcore is the niche genre. I don't even think I really like it anymore, but it's a good album. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Dylan, tell us about that NF song. Uh, rap song by NF called Change. Go listen to it. It's great. Okay. That's it. That's that's all he's he's got to do that at least. That's literally it because we're at two hours and 46 minutes. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) That is very true. All right. Uh, well, yeah, that's it. That's the end of our show. Um, not quite actually. Uh, I forgot about this part. Oh, no, there's more. Yeah. As always, you can As find always. us on social media for all things culture. <laughs> you fucked me up. God damn it. <laughs> he fucked you up before you had to stop. Uh, keep I couldn't even do it. Great. Uh, all things. I want to let Austin do this. Oh, yeah, do it, Austin. You got this. No, I'm okay. You go. Go. You got it. As always, you can find us on social media for all things culture, Bob hunting pixels and the culture, Bob family of content. Culture Bop's on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, on Facebook at The Culture Bop, and on YouTube, Culture Bop. Just check it out. Uh, Hunting Pixels, this podcast is on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. You can find me on Twitter at The Bebop Man 182, on Instagram at Bebop Man 182, and on Twitch at The underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter, Om Dizzy, Instagram, Om Dizzy, Twitch, Om Dizzy, and YouTube, Om Dizzy. And on an aside, real quick, mm-hmm. so I, I gave away my my pick of the week time for this, just as a question. If you're listening this far, and even going as far as YouTube, I would actually like to know if I started making YouTube videos again. What would you like to see? Let me know in the Discord, or you guys can message me on your own time, whatever YouTube. But I don't know. I've had this urge to do that more than I have Twitch just because I can do it in like in my own time and, and like I can do it in takes. You know, I don't have to be live performing to do something with a YouTube video mm-hmm. type of thing. So I've been thinking uh, about doing something YouTube related again in terms of gaming content. I don't know if that means a let's play. I don't know if that means reviews. I don't know what it means, but that's why I want to know if there were to be one. What would you want to see? And don't tell me to come up with original content because I don't got time for that shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I wish you would have just, I would not even said anything. Just edit all this out and then go immediately into reading Austin's shit now because that would have been hilarious. I'm leaving it all in. Fuck. <laughs> now, <sighs> you can find Austin on Twitter. At, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, you can find Austin. You're going to leave that in there? Yep, we're gonna leave you it. left the awkward silence in there? God. All the awkward silences. 
Well, no one listens to this shit anyway. They stop <laughs> for the week. At about 20 minutes in, they stop. <laughs> um, after the intro, they stop, really, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they just want to hear you scream, and then they're like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's it. We're done. We're done. We're out. Uh, Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Don't follow the Twitch. It'll probably never be used again. Uh, yeah. Well, that all said, uh, if you guys are looking to support this very podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go over to patreon.com slash culture pop and toss up toss us a pledge we're offering some very cool perks um and once we start hitting our goals even more content will be on its way like i said uh when we were talking in the show earlier that includes additional shows and the like so um if you donate a thousand dollars i'll play apex legends with you on twitch yeah yeah, a thousand dollars. You that you're buying my time, really. Honestly, sounds yep. great. That, that's a deal. I know, because I don't even want to spend that on myself. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Th- uh. The other thing I want to point out real quick, uh, before I shout out the patrons, um, if you like this show, uh, tell somebody about it. Toss them a link. Say, hey, I think you might like this. Uh, well, m- maybe share it to the people that you think might like this, but uh, still share it. Let your friends know about us. Uh, we are we are definitely growing. Our Discord is starting to thrive. We have people in there talking all the time. Um, the same six. The, the same six. <laughs> uh, but it is but it is uh, popping pretty much all the time uh and it's it's fun uh we're having a lot of fun um and this show would be nothing without its audience so um yeah uh that all said we want to do a special shout out to the patrons for making this podcast possible and those patrons include uh, augustin i still feel like i'm saying it wrong uh no, martinez uh gilbeezy kitchens uh, Justin Ruiz, Shareem Khan, and Tani Shrooms on a Boat Solman. Um, I wonder who wrote that. Hey, he <laughs> said he fucking liked it. <laughs> so I did him a favor. Fair enough. You're fucking welcome. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that is. I don't hate the name, but it just throws me off a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean. Okay. Is he. Where, where is he from? Where is Tawny from? <laughs> I've completely. Br- the, the Netherlands. God damn. Okay, that explains everything. First off, their football team sucks, so that explains that too. But um okay, that okay, the name now makes sense. So he's a, he's a Viking. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Well, he's a little more respectable. He's a little Dutch boy. Little, little. Oh my god. I don't know why. That was adorable. I just had the cutest picture in my head. You'll never see it, but it was great. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of our show. Thank everyone for listening, and we will catch you all next week. And until then, goodbye.